Bobby just sulky over funky Kinda hunky superhero Hot to fisted and electrically transistored superhero And exotically neurotic and aquatic superhero The Marvel superheroes have arrived Hello and welcome to Marvel Vision, a Marvel Studios TV show podcast brought to you by Cinema Sangha. My name is Devin Faraci. I'm one of the hosts of this program. Joining me as he does every single week. Uh, my name is Derek Faraci, and everything is going to be cool this Christmas. How are you, Devin? Pretty good. Pretty good. Um, it is Christmas. It's the Christmas Eve Eve. Yes. Yes, it uh, is. What are you doing for Christmas Day? Um, hopefully, well, I got my booster shot today, so hopefully I'm not recovering. Hopefully it goes easy on me. Congratulations on getting the booster shot. I'm glad you did it finally. Yeah. Was it easy? Yeah, I just went to the place, got a booster shot. Um, I found the booster shot did nothing significant to me. I felt like I had been punched in the arm for a day and a half. Yeah. I, I just know that my second initial shot really messed me up for like two days. Yeah, my second shot um, sort of knocked me out for like a day. Not like horrible, but like enough that I did not go to work and stuff. Yeah. Um, but the booster shot was not so bad. I got a flu shot at the same time. Oh, did you? Yeah. I figured I'm sitting in the chair. Let's just get it all done. Let's get it all done. I'm, I'm going to do flu shots for the rest of my life now. You're about that age now. I, it's not just about that age. I think that this experience has convinced me. Um, I don't traditionally get a flu, you know what I mean? Like I'm yeah. not a flu guy. Yeah. Uh, I'm very lucky that if I get sick, usually it's like a day and a half and I'm fine. But I'm like, fuck it. Like this shit's available to me and it's free. Yeah. Uh, so let's do it. I'm, I'm, I'm going to start doing it. Flu from now on. There you go. Now I am of age to start getting the shingle shot. Mm, there you go. You should start getting that too. I thought we couldn't get shingles because we had – chicken pox. No, that's why you can get shingles. Oh, I thought it was the other way around. No, 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 no. have to get those shingle shots. Yeah, and I know I have a friend who has gotten the shingle and it's fucking awful. It's terrible from what I understand. It's horrible. So, yeah, uh, yeah, so the shingle shot is something I'm going to start getting uh, pretty soon. Yeah. Oh, shit. My whole life I thought it was the other way around. I was real excited. No, you have the chicken pox in you dormant. And then the shingle is a reactivation in a new way or something like that is my That's understanding of it. Freaking terrible. <laughs> it really is. I really – my whole life I thought it was the other way. I thought it was like, well, I have the chicken box, so I don't have to worry about shingles. And I'd laugh. Ha, 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 shingles. Ha, ha, ha. And then <laughs> now I've been the fool. Yeah. It's great. Yeah, it's pretty bad. Um Oh, I'm, I have my phone out because I'm jammed in this closet. I'm recording this episode in my closet. Um, and I had my phone out, and it's, like, making my, my mic buzz. Um, I'm in the closet because um, it's raining here in Los Angeles. It's, like, raining a lot here in Los Angeles. And, and you know uh, what they say. What? When it's gray in L.A. Yeah, I like it that way. What's that a quote from? That is a Loudon Wainwright song. Loudon Wainwright? Loudon? Is that what it said? Yeah, Loudon Wainwright. When it's Loudon. gray in L.A., that's how, yeah, I like it that way. There's way too much sunshine around here. Yeah. Well, there you go. Well, there you go. Um, But I'm jamming in the closet because it's raining so hard that uh, the noise in the room where I usually record, and we don't usually worry that much about noise. Like when you had your um, radiator, we tried to deal with that. 
Yeah. But we accept that there's going to be background noise. It's a non-professional operation and uh, cars and helicopters will go by. But the rain is so significant. And the thing is, if this was just like a bad batch or just like something else, maybe we would wait another day until the rain ended. But this yeah. is the finale of Hawkeye. We got to talk about it. Yes. There's a lot to talk I agree. about. I agree. Uh, so let's get to talking about Marvel news before we get to the Hawkeye stuff, shall we? Okay. There's not too much Marvel news. Um, the biggest Marvel news, I suppose, is that Spider-Man No Way Home will be hitting $800 million today worldwide. And will probably break a billion dollars um, by the end of the weekend, I would imagine. Crazy, huh? Yeah, yeah. Although we'll see because there are uh, – Quebec shut down their movie theaters. I imagine there might be some other places that are doing that. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. But uh, it's definitely going to be number one this weekend, whatever happens. Well, you know what's really interesting is that they made this much money without telling the mainstream audience their biggest selling point. I, yeah, I guess so. I like guess the so. mainstream audience, I think, did not know that. I mean, spoilers. I, don't, I mean, I don't well, want to do spoilers. I'm not going to do spoilers. Yeah, but no, no, is... I don't want to do any spoilers. But but I think the mainstream audience saw Dr. Octopus and uh, uh, Green Goblin in the trailer and were like, that looks great. I got to go see that. Like, I saw yeah, that, I, it was I an agree. interesting thread back and forth today. I was reading on Twitter of a discussion of like, again, as is constantly happening now. You know, why Why does Spider-Man do so well, but Nightmare Alley doesn't? And somebody's like, because Nightmare Alley's trailers didn't tell you anything about the movie. And so the audiences weren't right. excited to see it. It's like, okay, here's a movie by Guillermo del Toro, which makes film people very excited. But the average audience doesn't know who Guillermo del Toro is. They don't care. And then the movie, yeah. the trailer doesn't it tell you why you should be interested in that story. It doesn't tell you the story at all. Yeah. Um, and honestly, like Nightmare Alley is an R-rated like noir. I mean, I'm not really sure what yeah, planet it's going to huge. Yeah. What planet it's going to make as much money as Spider-Man on? Uh, yeah, <laughs> you think it might have done better, and maybe like in normal times it would have done better. Who knows? But I mean, I'm sure it would have done better in normal times. I mean, opening it up against Spider-Man was an act of first-degree murder. Um, the movie had no chance up against Spider-Man and not just because, um, Spider-Man sucked all the oxygen out of the room and it also took all the theaters away. Yes, it did. Um, so they were putting that movie in every single theater they possibly could. So all of a sudden Nightmare Alley is playing in less screens and it has less availability. So if you wanted to see it, but it was only playing until 2 PM because the rest of the day it was all Spider-Man. Well, then that's it. Tough shit. I I Um, imagine after two years, theater owners were very excited to have a movie that everybody was rushing to and they were. (sighs) A hundred percent. Everything out of every, out of every other theater, and and not just that, but also the other things that Nightmare Alley is an R-rated noir from Guillermo del Toro is going to appeal to a slightly older audience than Spider-Man does. Yes, and those people. There's a recent study this week that showed that old people are not returning to the movies because of COVID. Yeah. Yeah, and that's the thing. So it's not just like there's a lot of different reasons. It's it's a highly intersectional series of reasons. Yes. So. Yeah, but it's all out there. And Spider-Man's gonna make a million dollars either way. So good for good for them, I suppose. Doesn't help me. <laughs> good for them. Good for them. Uh, and other quote-unquote news. I thought this was interesting since we now have the first year of Marvel Plus TV shows done. Is to see how they did with critics. Okay. I thought it was interesting. So the highest rated show on Rotten Tomatoes by the critics is What If? <laughs> uh, That's so weird. With, with 93%. 
That must be ba- ah, that's so weird. Yeah. Yeah, 93%. I wonder if it's because the kind of critics that reviewed What If were not the main TV critics, that they didn't hand that to the main TV critics, and so the people that were reviewing it maybe were a little bit more in the bag for it. I think when the show first started, like the first couple episodes, everybody online was like, this is great, this show's great, this show's great. It did start really strong. A couple of my critic friends who got the first three episodes were like, wow, this is incredible. Like, this is the best thing Marvel's done. Yeah, I'll, I'll remind you that I didn't like it right away. So you did not like it right away. People should listen to me. You like reverse Mikey. Yes. I can tell you when something is bad. Oh, no, actually Mikey is regular. No, you're regular Mikey. Mikey didn't, doesn't like anything. Oh, he hates everything. Yeah. And then he likes life. Yeah. 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 So we have that tied. Those are the kinds of references that we make on this show that really speak to the fact that our audience is almost certainly everybody's like 30 (laughs) and older because we're doing fucking Mikey references and we're just doing like really casually. Like we're not even like setting it up. It's just like, you know, you're Mikey. That's it. Like, like just do that. And then all we assume that everybody listening to this is going to get that. It's just like an old people podcast. Yeah. yeah. We should get, we should get fun. We should get supported by the AARP. That should be our sponsor. There you go. It's interesting. I guess it's also somewhat interesting in that. We grew up in a time where, you know, Lassie jokes still worked, even though Lassie hadn't been on TV. Like the Lassie show, it ended like twenty years before either of us were born, but it was just on all the time. Well, they were making Lassie movies and stuff still, but it was on like Nickelodeon. And I think that's how most people knew it, and then that kept kept those jokes alive to the point that on Ben Stiller's show they did it where it was Manson as Lassie, which is one of my favorite sketches of all you time. Know, I- I was thinking today, uh, yet again, it's the, the holidays, and so yet again, some fucking people need to talk about whether or not Die Hard's a Christmas movie, which, I mean, the honest answer is who cares? Um, but I realized, well, kid, well, Die Hard's a really old movie at this point, and I looked it up, yes. and Die Hard came out in 1988, it was 33 years ago, so I said, okay, so what, if in 1988, what movie would you be arguing about whether or not it's a Christmas movie from 1955, and do you want to know what movie came out in 1955? Yes, what? Miracle on 34th Street. Wow, so, that's crazy. So, which is for sure a Christmas movie. Uh, but, like, it, it takes place before Thanksgiving. <laughs> but, uh, but uh, th- thinking about that, and like when we were young in 1988, uh, Miracle on 34th Street was an impossibly ancient movie. Like, we watched it every year because it was on TV yeah. and it was a tradition, but it was an impossibly ancient movie from a different era. And I don't think we would have run around making that. We made some references to it. Like, we might have made, like, Yes, Virginia, There is a Santa Claus and stuff like that. Yeah. But, like, not like. Not like the way that Die Hard, that they're still selling like Die Hard toys and shit like that. It's like yeah, so strange. Yeah, or they had kept making Miracle on 34th Street movies, like the sequels, and they had made it up to like Miracle on 34th Street <laughs> 6 after 33 years. Miracle on 45th Street. They just kept moving uptown, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, it's funny, I, I was talking to our father today, and I can't remember exactly what it was. But we were talking about something, and he said, it feels like that was a long time ago, but it wasn't that long ago. And then I had to be like, that was a quarter of a decade ago. Or a quarter of a century ago. It was something yeah, 20, that was 25 yeah. years old. And yeah. it's like, that's a long time. It's like, a long time. Yeah. That's crazy. But Die Hard's a really old movie. Like, it's crazy that every single 88, year. 88? Right? Yeah. 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 It's, cra- it's crazy old. And, yeah. I mean, like, just it, it just is old. I mean, like, like that's a long time ago. And um, it's it's wild that it still is this, like, annual, like, oh, Die Hard, it's a Christmas movie. Well, there, there's two constants on the internet. And... Never ending thing of people trying to prove they're cool by saying that Die Hard is a Christmas movie, as if they just figured that out. And everyone changing the the date on the uh, 
time computer on for Back to the Future to be like, look, it was today. This is the day that he went back in time when we all know it was. We October. do that less now because we know that we've passed the date from the movie. But there was like a yeah. hot minute where every third day you could find somebody posting a Photoshop version of that saying today's yeah. the day he went to the future or back to the future. Uh, yeah, it is very, yeah. very funny. It was very weird. People are very obsessed with that. Anyway, All right, what's this? What's the second? Uh, tied for second are Loki and Hawkeye at ninety-two percent. Okay. Third is Wandavision at ninety-one percent. Uh huh. And taken in the in the end is uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier at eighty-nine percent. Yeah, I mean, I think I might even be high eighty-nine percent. But I, you know, the eight, obviously that percentage is who gives it a positive review. That doesn't mean that it's yes. like eighty-nine percent good. No. But most people gave it a positive review. That's those yeah. those numbers don't seem crazy to me. My favorite Hawkeye review was one that said, uh, the show is not good unless you like this kind of show, which I thought was very, and that was like a, a, a rotten review. That's like, pretty oh, crazy. That makes no sense. It's like saying like avocado salads are bad unless you like avocado. <laughs> like, yeah. Okay. You know, oh, do you know what I was just thinking of? Uh, speaking of things that are old. What? Oh, I, I thought you were going to keep going. What? I, li- I like to leave you hanging sometimes. You uh, did, did you happen to watch the live episodes they did of Facts of Life and Different Strokes? No, I did not. I did. I did. I watched them. Um, they were weird uh, because for Facts of Life, it was all like old people doing it. And it was yeah. like Jennifer Aniston and like John Stewart playing a guy with braces and stuff like that. So that yeah. it actually ended up working as a result. But um, th- that, that you know, they, they brought back the original cast not to be in it, but just to like show up and wave. <laughs> Sure. Yeah. And um, well, this not seems for like a strokes. They didn't, right? Not for a different. No, they only brought like Todd Bridges. They're, he showed up. All, and he, everyone else is dead. Everyone else is dead, but he showed yeah. up to like say some stuff at the beginning. And Snoop Dogg's in it too, by the way, in the different strokes one. It's pretty funny okay. actually. There's also okay. fucking Snoop Dogg walks out on stage. They kept him a secret. Um, the different strokes one's not that good, but however, Kevin Hart plays Arnold. And That's he really, funny. he really is so little. There's like a yeah. bunch of scenes, like where John Lithgow, who plays Mr. Drummond, just picks him up and carries him around <laughs> and puts Kevin Hart in his lap and stuff like that. It's pretty fucking great. <laughs> but anyway, so we just watched that, and, and and Lisa Welchel, who played Blair, showed up to like wave, and she looked great. Yeah. I thought I was like, wow, she looks really great. Like she looks terrific. You know, she's an old lady now, and she looked terrific. Well, my girlfriend has been binging Survivor. Okay. And um. You know, while she's she's undergoing a new round of radiation treatments and like her comfort thing is to binge old seasons of Survivor, which she had never seen before. Okay. And she's watching a season and they're introducing the new castaways. I'm sitting there with her and guess who's a fucking castaway? Rachel Wetchel. Blair from Different Strokes. Yeah, there you go. Blair from Different Strokes. And I'm this is a spoiler for a season of Survivor from ten years ago. She makes it to the final three. Wow. Yeah, I thought for sure she would have made it. Like all over the news. <laughs> I mean, it maybe was like like a pop culture thing that would be like, do they talk about it on the show? Well, she keeps it a secret from most people. There's two old guys who recognize her. Okay. But she wants to keep it a secret. The truth is that she was on uh, Facts of Life for like 12 years or seven years or whatever it is. For a long time. um, But she um, lost all her money in the 80s. Oh, that's right. She had bad investments and stuff like that. And so she doesn't have a lot of money. So she knows that if people hear she's a TV star. They're going to assume she's rich and they're not going to want to vote for her. So she tries to keep it a secret, but these two older guys on the show both recognize her. And she does keep it successfully a secret until the very end. She makes it to the final three, right? And the way the survivor works is that when you're the final three, the last 
bunch of people that you voted out, they're the jury and they come back every week to sit there and watch you do your tribal councils. And then at the end, they ask you questions and then they vote on who gets a million dollars. So it's very tricky because whoever you voted out is going to decide whether or not you get a million dollars. Yeah. It's yeah. Cause you gotta, you gotta like, you gotta like blindside people and lie to them to get them out, you know, to make them convinced that they're safe or whatever. Um, And then they have to decide if you get a million dollars. So at the last minute, one of the guys goes, Oh, by the way, Lisa, uh, you talk about playing an honest game. It's interesting that you never mentioned uh, that you were a television star. And everybody goes, oh, and he really fucking dropped it on her right at the end. She did not win the million dollars in the end. That's rough. But if you make it to the final three, you get like $250,000. Okay. Well, I mean, that's good, but. Well, I mean, I, I guess, right? You're 40 days on an island. These people are actually not eating and they really yeah. are sleeping rough. Like they're having a really hard time. Yeah. Um, we've watched a couple of seasons where people have like complete nervous breakdowns. <laughs> it's pretty great. Uh, it's good TV, man. Uh, but, you know, I guess, you know, it was. And then at the end, and, and when she they, they interview, like they have like a reunion where they give away the million dollars and then they interviewed her and she would not stop talking about Jesus Christ. So. Oh, but she okay. didn't talk about Jesus Christ on the island, which I respect. Some people go on that island and they will not shut up about Jesus Christ the whole fucking time, as if Jesus Christ wants him to win a million dollars in a reality show. Uh, I, I would think talking about Jesus Christ all the time is a sure way to get voted off, real quick. So the season before that, this one guy was Christian, and he basically created a little cult, and so oh, his really? tribe became like a cult, and they would do three times a day prayer circles and shit like that. Oh, and they'd be like, Heavenly Father, I know you're here. Like, it was really wild. And the show's not religious. Like, it's not like a religious show. And Jeff Probst, the host, is not like a religious guy. So, like, the show looked at it very askance, and they gave them very silly edits, and they played, like, weird sinister music over their prayer <laughs> circles and stuff like that. It's great. <laughs> it was great. Didn't they do oh, a Survivor sorry, I'm, I'm adjusting. I'm adjusting in this closet. It's so tight. I lost you. You're gone. I'm back. The oh, mic yeah. fell. Wow. There you go. They did a Survivor where kids were left alone in a town. It wasn't called Survivor. It was called something else. Yeah, it was like like a show where they were basically like, what if we did Survivor, but it was actually just Lord of the Flies, right? Yeah, it was like child yeah. abandonment. I mean, it was like yeah. crazy. Yeah. That did not last. No. I mean, no, I can't last. imagine how it was legally on television. It feels but, like, like I don't, I don't even think it finished a season, right? I think it ended. Yeah, I think it ended it early. Season. Yeah. That's too bad. Maybe not. I don't know. Maybe one of the kids got hurt. I have no idea what happened. <laughs> this yeah, season that we just finished watching that had Blair from Facts of Life on it, they brought back three players who have been previously medically evacuated from the show. Okay. And like to give them a second chance. And one of the guys was medically evacuated from the second season. And this is a, I used to watch Survivor live back in the old, old days, like really when it was originally on. And right. I remember this so well. They were in Australia and he was working the fire, the, the tribe had a fire. And he got a lung full of smoke, and he passed okay. out, and he Ooh. fell, and he fell right in the fire. Ooh! And his the skin came off his hands. Ooh! And I'll never forget, like fucking watching like broadcast television, like network TV, like eight o'clock on a Wednesday, and there's a man screaming in a pond as the the flesh comes off his hands. Oh! He got degloved. He got fully degloved. It was crazy. Ugh, yeah, yeah. He he came back and he made it to the final three, which is a nice thing for him, you know. Yeah, now he can pay his medical bills from falling into a fire. Well, somebody asked him, and they were like, "Wow, your hands look pretty good." He goes, "Yeah, it took a long time." Like that feels like a like a legitimate like horrifying yeah. injury. Yeah, yeah, that does not sound fun at all. No. All right, what else we got? That's it for news. That's not it for news. What else is there? Oh my gosh, I can't believe you missed some stuff. All I saw was bad rumors. Uh, I have not bad rumors. 
Hold on. I can't yeah. find it now. Yeah. Uh, one of the stars... One of the stars of Iron Fist said online that... And this is a spoiler for Spider-Man No Way Home, but it's I, it, honestly, I don't think it really counts because of the nature of the character we're going to be talking about in this episode of Hawkeye. So it, I'm not counting this as a real spoiler. But it said that um, Charlie Cox knew many years ago that he was joining the MCU. Oh, yeah, I saw that. I didn't think that was news. I feel like it's interesting news because I think there's a really interesting discussion to be had about what is canon or is not canon from those shows. Well, here's why I don't think it's news. Why? Because it's secondhand information. It's not Charlie Cox saying that. It's not anyone actually connected to his appearance. It's somebody who's like, yeah, I worked with that guy. And this is what I know. And it's like, do you know that? I feel like that person might know better than other people. And I feel like that person might know enough because, that... Because at the same time, uh, what's his name? Kingpin uh, said that he didn't know. <laughs> so, I, well, so... I wonder. I wonder if it's all about relationships right like is vincent d'onofrio not like keeping up with these people which well, makes he, a lot of sense to D- me d'onofrio said that him and charlie cox are still close friends and cox called him like a week before spider-man came out to let him know i really having so. followed vincent d'onofrio on twitter for a minute i'm gonna take all of that with a grain of salt like i think that vincent d'onofrio's idea do you ever read his pig tweet uh i don't think so he made the greatest i'm gonna have to find this hold on one second while i find this he made the greatest tweet of all time about a pig okay. um Believe it or not, Vincent. I'm gonna look this up. Vincent D'Onofrio. D'Onofrio, pig. Here's the tweet. Pigs can't look up, but I could pick a pig up one night and raise it into the sky and tilt this pig ever so gentle. I can make sure this pig's eyes line up with the stars. Imagine seeing the stars for the first time. I want to be treated that kindly. And see the stars for the first time. Oh, it's nice. It is a wild. It's insane. It's insane. (laughs) (laughs) Vincent D'Onofrio running around the farmyard picking up pigs. Yeah. (laughs) So funny. He's he's probably looking at Sam Neill's videos of him with his pig, and he's like, oh, too bad that pig has never seen the stars. But D'Onofrio is like a wild guy, and I don't know if D'Onofrio says I'm good friends with Charlie Cox, what that actually means. Yeah, yeah. Like this woman. Well, again, from, that, well, that's why I don't. I didn't have that in the news because it's all secondhand stuff, so I don't count it. It's not. Yeah, I, 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 I don't disagree, but I think that it coming from a fellow cast member saying, "Oh yeah, I've known about this for years because Charlie knew about it for years and he told me," um, feels reasonable to me. And I think that it adds a layer. What makes it interesting to me is that it adds a layer of what the thinking of Marvel Studios is. Yeah. Um, this episode of Hawkeye does not quite decanonize Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., but it comes really close. Oh, it definitively does. I it doesn't. It, de- uh, it definitely. So? It, no, it definitely doesn't. Because on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., they never called her, um, they never called her Agent 19, and they oh, never actually called her Mockingbird. Oh, really? I thought they yeah, they used the name there. of the character, but they never called her Mockingbird. Because, they, you oh. know, it's one of those shows that's embarrassed at being a comic book show in a lot of ways. Yeah. Um, but they never called her Agent 19. Well, th- I mean, this is now the second TV show to take something... Agents of Shield related, and be like, no, we're doing it our own way. Oh, I a hundred percent, right? Because yeah. there's there's the book in Wanda Darkhold. Yeah, Darkhold has yeah. really is probably the biggest indicator that Agents of Shield has been uh, decanonized. And um, uh, what's it called as well? Uh, 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 I forgot their names. Uh, Cloak and Dagger. 
Although I don't know if that was ever actually considered part of the. I I don't know that it ever was. To tell you the truth, um, and, and Runaways. I don't know how they. Yeah, found. I think those are just sort of their own pocket universe. I feel like um, I'm not really sure. I didn't watch those. I didn't watch Runaways past that much of the first season. It was not good. Um, but uh, it's interesting to me to see like what they are looking at, what they consider important to keep, and how much of this stuff they think is canon. I mean, I, do you want to just talk about Kingpin right now in the context of this before we get to the episode? Sure, why not? So the thing is that Vincent D'Onofrio said in an interview this week that according to his understanding is this is the same guy from Daredevil. Yeah. And that um, he says, yeah, he's sure he's stronger and he take more of damage, but he's the same guy. And my understanding is that during the blip, he lost his empire and now he's building it back. Okay. I would not 100% take that as true. That might have <laughs> having Hawaiian parties. Uh, I mean, like, I, the thing is, I would not take it 100% true because I would say that probably this is like part of that sounds like actor speech. This is the same guy from Daredevil, means he's playing the same character. I don't know that Vincent yeah. D'Onofrio is speaking in continuity the way that we as nerds speak. I yeah. think he might be speaking in actor in terms of it's the same guy. Yeah. But it's not the yeah. same being. <laughs> maybe yes. maybe it's the yeah. right way to put it. Um, and because he is stronger and takes more damage, it does indicate that it might not be the same dude. Um, you know what I mean? Like the same canonical dude. But what I think is Marvel's not going to make a statement one way or the other. Yes. I think they're going to not decanonize the Netflix shows hard. I don't think they're going to do a hard decanonization of it because they have to, unless they have to, unless it becomes like really like until the day that they want to do it, that they, whatever reason need to do a purple man thing. Or whatever, um, and, and even then they can be like, "Well, that's it's the multiverse, and that's a different part of the multiverse." Well, that, that's always going to be the answer, yeah. right? That it's always different yeah. parts of the multiverse. But in terms of what is the continuity and within means, the end, <laughs> now that things have gone very well for a certain Spider-Man, that means we're going to see a Daredevil movie that brings back uh, Ben Affleck. I would love it, frankly. Um, I but I mean, it. but I think the thing is that what this means is they're going to like bring in some elements that work for them and some elements they like, and they're not going to really hardcore tell you this didn't or didn't happen. Yeah. Again, unless you say, unless they really need to use an element and then they're just going to throw it in and just going to ignore it. And I think that part of that is because eventually they hope to get these shows back and to put them on Disney plus. Yes. So why gets the big loop? Right. Um, So why not? Like it's content, right? So you want it to all, all be there. That's my news radio comment for the night. There you go. Um, gets the big room. Maybe you get the big room. Maybe you get the big room. <laughs> but I, so I think that's what the case is going to be here. I think that he is not the same guy, but I think it doesn't matter because they're not going to draw a hard line. Yes, I agree. I agree. And that Daredevil and Kingpin are going to have history in the Marvel in the MCU. Sure, why not? It makes sense, right? They're they're both they both exist and they've all both been around for a minute. Like yeah. so, and, like and, whether and we know that Kingpin's been around for a while because Clint knows him. Right, so Clint knows who he yeah. is, and um, yeah, so that's the thing. So Clint knows him from the and, and Maya, but but I mean Maya, Maya knew him as a kid when, a child, when she was a child. So he's right. been around for a long time. Now the question is, you know, the, the show doesn't make it explicit that he blipped and that lost his empire. Um, well, that was the thing that we had speculated previously. Um, so it's, I guess, the question is whether this is a kingpin on his way to the top, because otherwise, why is he fucking hanging out with the tracksuit mafia, or if it's kingpin rebuilding his position? And that makes sense. This episode, we see his office, and it really sucks. And um, it's like a clown office. It's like a, it's terrible. He's definitively uh, having like a Hawaiian Christmas. It's real weird. <laughs> it's very. It's a whole thing. It's like a Batman villain location. It really it's it's so is. themed. It really, I was so confused that he's wearing the Hawaiian shirt and then yeah. like 
Like it's got the beads over the door. Well, and you know, the Hawaiian shirt. It's got like the tropical thing going on. I was like, he's definitely having a Hawaiian Christmas party for his boys. The Hawaiian shirt's from a comic book. That's yes, a, com- they, a comic book. They, they grab that. Which, which that, that tells us a lot about what happens to him at the end of the episode. Yes. Uh, he dies. Um, no, he doesn't. I know he doesn't die. Duh. Okay. Come on. Give me a break. I, who's I? <laughs> but in, in, the, first of in all, the story where he's wearing that shirt, the same thing happens to him. Right. So, yeah, first mm-hmm. of all, they're not going to bring Vincent D'Onofrio back just to kill him off after having him as like a, a, a shoehorned in character. And second hey, man, of all, they, they're just going to kill the they, kingpin. They brought back uh, what's his face as, as Quicksilver just to be like, no, it's not him. He's a boner. So you never know. That was the farther I get from that, the more that feels like a big fuck you. Like in the moment, I, the moment I like that fuck you, like in the moment it was like a fun. I was like, oh my god, that's totally wild. Uh, but the farther I get from it, like, oh, this is especially as we move into the multiverse stuff. It's just like ah, you, you could have yeah. just done it. Yeah, yeah. You know, could have just done it. Yeah, he could have been from the multiverse. <sighs> yeah. Anyway, that was the other piece of news I thought was interesting. Oh, and the other thing we have to talk about, I guess, is they released the multiverse of madness trailer, like officially. Did we not talk about it on the Spider-Man pod? We talked about it briefly, but I just want to bring it up because now it's actually out and it says Multiverse right. of Madness. We're in Spider-Man. It just says Doctor Strange, Strange will, return. will return. So, but uh, yeah, so they released that. I'm just so curious how much of that um, trailer is um, actually in the movie since they've been shooting the movie so heavily for the last six weeks. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, uh, I think they're my understanding is they're good reshoots. They're positive reshoots. That, that's that's what I've heard is that it's it's not that the movie was bad. It, it's a matter of they wanted to put more. They wanted to do more. Yeah, but we'll see. I shared yeah. with you something that I received this week that I'm not going to share here because, uh, uh, but it was about stuff from that a cameo or a character appearing in Doctor Strange, and I spoke to my people, some people I've, I've, I've made contacts with and, and who've fed me good stuff. So I, I trust them. Uh, some yep. of them I know, some of them I don't really know, but they've given me good information in the past. And my understanding is that um, the, not only are the cameos surviving the reshoots, but some of them have been beefed up. Oh, interesting. And there's a number of characters that are cameoing in this and, uh, and, and they've maybe been beefing up some of these parts. Interesting. Yeah. Batman and Dr. Strange confirmed. <laughs> Michael Keane's just gonna be Batman and everything. He's like, forget, I'm just bringing the suit everywhere. Forget it. He's gonna be on a TV me. show as Batman now. No, he's in the Bat- Batwoman HBO Max movie. What's the difference? I'm pretty sure that's gonna get moved to theatrical because they moved Blue Beetle to theatrical. So I think they're gonna do the same with Batwoman. It's interesting they moved that to theatrical. That feels I'm not you know I'm not like I'm not one of these comics gay guys. Yeah, but that feels like they looked at this and said, "Oh, you know what? This is our first Hispanic superhero. Maybe we should put this in a movie theater." <laughs> like it really has that feeling. Do you know what I mean? Like not like anything. I'm I not anything against Blue Beetle, yeah, or or, or 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 this iteration of him or this movie. But like they, it seems like their move is to put shit on HBO Max, and then somebody knocked on their door and was like, "Guys, this is your first Hispanic solo superhero movie." I'm pretty sure they moved it because they put it in a date where they had originally had something else that they pushed back, and I think that's why. Is because something else they were planning on is delayed. You think so? Yeah. Although Blue Beetle hasn't started filming yet, from what I know, so that could get delayed as well. I suppose. But like that's a big part of why I think Shang Chi didn't hit Disney Plus. Yes, I agree. I agree. Because it's just I also, the optics. I, I also have a theory that, it, that they they had planned to use that to show in their lawsuit with Scarlett Johansson that going to Disney Plus did not hurt the box office, and then Shang Chi did really well. And they're like, fuck. <laughs> 
Damn it. Oh, uh, yeah. But, uh, All right, we got uh, we got Marvel trivia. I do. But before we do that, I have a question for you. What's that? What's the latest on my, my Christmas present? Where is it at? It's still sitting in this same fucking still place. In Italy? No, it's still in Italy in the same spot. It has a little picture of an airplane next to it, which I think means that it's like at the airport, like <laughs> post office. I guess that makes sense. So I don't know what the deal is. I I just checked today and I was like, this is just not moved. I mean, That's I don't know if it's ever going to come. And I'm going to just say this. I'm not, this is not just me trying to like say I'm like a good, this was not cheap. Like I'm a little I bit frustrated. That you're shipping it from Italy. That's that was actually not the most expensive part. That was not the most expensive part. Okay. Well, the the actual item itself was not cheap. I mean, it wasn't like unbelievably expensive or whatever, but it was like yeah. enough money that like I'm not going to just go. Oh well, I guess it got lost. I'll get you a new one. Like yeah. it's enough money that I'm like, fuck, I we got to find this thing. <laughs> it's just hanging out there. Uh, it's very frustrating. Very. Yeah. I mean, it's just not moving since since weird. December twelfth. It's not moved. That's a long time. That's ten solid days. It's just sitting. I think that's a long time. Again, I don't know how the Italian post office works. It's, it appears that it does not. Yeah, that's how that appears to be the case. It does not work. Yeah, I mean that's eleven days now. That's pretty too crazy. many days. Too many yeah. days. All right, we got we got Marvel trivia. Well, I'm sitting on the floor in this closet. All right, I was going to see if you open up my birth, my Christmas present to you. I keep wanting to say birthday. It, you know that Christmas. I did because it came in the mail and I did had to pretend I had to pretend like I didn't open it. Oh, that's right. Yes. Because I just got a box in the mail, and I, like a month ago, I got a box in the mail, <laughs> and I was like, "What the fuck is this?" Yeah, it arrived just in time for your birthday. Yeah, it really sort of did. Well, that's because when I ordered it, it said out of stock until like December fourteenth. So I was like, "Well, I should just order it now." And then the next day, it was like shipped. I was like, "Well, what the fuck?" <laughs> like, that's not out of stock if you can ship it. Technically, I'm not supposed to know what this is until Christmas, but I, since I already opened it, I'm actually sitting next to it in the closet. It, Derek got me the. The, I mean, honestly, like uh, a truly enormous Avatar: The Last Airbender statue. It's, huge. it's so fucking big. I'm, I'm, I'm honestly not sure what I'm going to do with it. It's enormous. Yeah. It's very big. <laughs> yes. It, it's like half of life size. I feel like it's pretty close. I think. Yeah, it's at least the size of his head. It really yeah. is so big. Yeah, it really is so big. No. Uh, I, I, I have to find a spot for it. I don't know where. I don't know where it's going to go, but it's going to go somewhere. To, we'll find. We'll find a spot. You have to move, get its own room. Well, you know, now that the dog is dead, we're thinking talking about moving because one of yeah. the things about having a dog is that it's hard to find an apartment that will take a dog. Yes, that's very. It didn't true. used to be that way in LA, but it has been that way in LA for a few years now, and it's been a real pain in the butt. But now, not that it's the plus side of my dog being dead, but uh, you know, a uh, result of my dog being dead. Maybe we can find a place to live. Maybe we there can find a two bedroom to live in. There you go. A room for you guys and a room for uh, Avatar. Yes, the room, just just for Ong, the Ong, the Ong room. Yeah, you can just be right in the center. Exactly. All right, let's do some trivia. All right, Ronan the Accuser is of what race? He Cree. Cree. Yep. Who directed the Avengers? Louis C.K. Mick G. <laughs> Didn't he direct the... Who directed the other Avengers movie? I can't remember who it was. I don't think it was Mick G. It wasn't, but you said that perfectly. <laughs> like, like a game show host reading the correct answer after somebody... We were looking for Mick G. Mick G. Yep. 
I don't. I don't. I, I don't know who directed the other Avengers movie. The uh, I forget. I used to know, but now I don't remember. The refined uh, uh, one. The one. The British. Remember? The British one. Yeah. 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 Uma Thurman in that movie. Yes. Now it was Joss Whedon. I don't like bullies. I don't care where they came from or where they come from. Who said that? This quote. Captain America. Captain America. I was going to give a funny answer, but we're not going to top Mick G, so. Okay. Well, there you go. That's your trivia. All right, that's our trivia. Now it's time for us to talk about the final episode of Hawkeye Season 1. And I have seen people referring to it as Season 1. People from Marvel referring to it as Season 1. Well, in the the video that uh, Haley Stanfield put out, she says season, end of the season, which made me very hopeful. But the episode itself does not say see you next season. It doesn't do that, the Loki thing, yeah. Which, but it doesn't end in that wild cliffhanger that Loki ended on. That no, they kind of needed to put that in there. Yeah, yeah. Like if this is the end of the show, I guess it's fine. But I just want more. Hundred so, percent. Um, it's not fine. Well, let's talk about why we want more, shall we? Yes. Hawkeye, season one, episode six. So this is Christmas, which is a John Lennon quote, by the way. Yep. Uh, I, I've said For this on Twitter. Yeah, I've said this on Twitter before. So this is Christmas. And what have you done? Uh, I said this on Twitter, but I follow somebody on Instagram who, um, uh, on John Lennon's birthday, this person's a young person. This person is, um, I think, under 30. On John Lennon's birthday, posted a whole Instagram post that said "Rest in piss, John Lennon." I saw that. Yeah, <laughs> so funny to me. Like it's like so funny to me because it's like so extreme. Like "Rest in piss" is like so extreme. And this person who died before this young woman was even born, and I get it. Like I get why some people don't like John Lennon, and I understand his history. I think what makes him interesting is the growth and change that he underwent during yes. his life and that yeah. was cut short by his assassination yeah. but uh i just think it's so funny to have like that intense a reaction to a guy who's been dead for 40 years yeah it's pretty wild it's a rest in and now every time i listen we listen to the beatles radio on sirius xm a lot and every time there's a john lennon solo song comes on i just think in my head rest in piss rest john in lennon piss, john <laughs> rest lennon. in piss that's, that's like all... one of the things you used to say all the time kiss my piss you used to always yes. say that kiss my piss what's that from it's so that's disgusting from... That's from uh, Silicon Valley. Yeah, it's really awful. It's it's awful cr- things. I love it. I think it's hilarious. It's awful. <laughs> I know. It's so funny. I love that show. It's a very funny show. But uh, I saw somebody on Twitter the other day talking about how they had a, an argument, quote-unquote argument. It was obviously not a like, screaming match or anything, but with a friend of theirs about who had a better post-Beatles career, John Lennon or Ringo Starr. And I said, obviously Ringo did because he was not murdered. He never got shot. <laughs> so Ringo's career has gotten much better. Point, point yeah. to Ringo. <laughs> like that alone. Ringo got to enjoy his Beatles success for exactly. decades. Uh, so, yeah, victory, gotta Ringo. Got to give it to the guy who didn't bleed to death on a New York City street. <laughs> got to say. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh so uh we are uh 
we open this Beatles cast. <laughs> we open. Uh, I don't want to do like a hardcore recap of this episode. Okay. I don't feel like doing a hardcore recap of this episode. Okay. I don't feel like there's like a lot of like plot in this episode. I got a lot of notes. We can go over the notes, but okay. I don't, you know what I mean? Like in terms of like, and then they go here and then they do this. I feel like it's sort of like just a couple of things happen and then like, it's yeah, just like a lot like, of a big yeah. action scene. Yeah. It's a very big action scene. Um, but we get the background on um, Kingpin a little bit here and, and, yes. and, and Eleanor Bishop. And uh, we see them talking and she talks about how after her husband died, she, he had owed all this money to the Kingpin and she is now trying to help the Kingpin. And she, but she comes and kind of pleads Kate's case. Yeah. Essentially, you know, like, yeah. you know, and she's like, I'm also, she says, I'm, I'm out of this, which is well, like such also, a clown she, thing to say. She also says, Hey, I'm really stupid. I'm going to tell you right now, all the crimes we've done, I've kept evidence of them just so you know. <laughs> it's like, what is, yeah. Why would you say that, Eleanor? It's, what the hell? It's kind of funny. We had like five episodes of the show. We were kind of like trying to figure out like she was the big bad guy and whatever. And then this episode, they kind of pull it back a little bit and they go, well, what if she was sort of dumb? Yeah. Like, what if she's actually not the big bad guy, but is like sort of like another level Patsy who I'm, is being, you know, manipulated by the Kingpin? I'm guessing, because they don't really say what she did for Kingpin, but I'm guessing she used her security company to get him a- entrance or like access to stuff he should not have. Right? I mean, that makes sense. I, yeah. I, I, I mean, that, I mean, she probably was able to use her assets or whatever. Like, she's definitely the kind of person that if you're a criminal, you want to have, like, working for you. And yeah. she also murdered Armand. Yes. Yeah. I mean, she says, I killed Armand. Yeah. Or does she actually do it herself or she get, get somebody to do it? I don't, I don't know if that's clear. It's not 100% clear, but it definitely feels like she did it well considering that she hired yelena she was able to hire a black widow to kill clint yeah. it doesn't seem out of the range of possibility that she hired somebody to kill armand that's true that's true it's a pretty I big mean, leap it, to look elena might have killed armand for all we know no because elena's new to new york city oh, when she true. shows up she's yeah. just showed up in new york is the deal yeah i mean it's not it hasn't been that many days in this series it's but it's been enough days yes yeah, yeah. i think it's been enough days that she might have been able to like do stuff um, but hiring a black widow is a big fucking move for somebody who is not the head of the crime boss family. Yeah, yeah. you know it's like, well, well, it's definitely a move of hey, we put this in the post credit scene of Black Widow, make it work. Yeah, we we <laughs> she's heading to that because it doesn't make sense that Yelena hi- or that uh, Eleanor hired Yelena to kill Clint is just a very weird format of it. Yeah, and she I mean, went I through uh, what's her name, Valentina. You had a long discussion with somebody on the Patreon about this, the post-credit stuff. Long. Yeah, yeah, that was good. You guys had a good conversation. Like he yeah. really went and went he over went every single yeah. he, every single post-credit scene and like uh, mathematically proved you incorrect. Us, I think it's us. We both claim this, and I stand by it because I, you know I have a I have a loose attachment to this the- <laughs> to this theory. Um, having been proven wrong mathematically. Um, I'm willing to concede some of this, that a lot of them are are just pointless. Yes. Not in a negative way. I like them. Like, I really enjoy them. I'm not putting yeah. the post-credit scenes down. I like them a lot. No. But they're pointless. Like, a lot of them are just, like, nothing. But but and, the ones that have points tend to end up not having points. Is, yeah. Is my point. Like, yeah, we're setting up something, and then the next time it's like, no, we're not doing that. And they just move on. 
or it's like not the way that you th- it's, it's it's not the way that it's obviously intended to be from the post credit yeah. sequence. And when you actually yeah. see the thing, it's like, well, this is really fundamentally different than I expected. Yeah. So like when 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 Valentina gives Yelena the picture of Clint and says, "This is the guy who killed your sister." You have this sense of like, oh, she's going to go on a personal vengeance mission, and then what you find out is no, she was hired by somebody else. Yeah, I I don't really understand what that middle like ground had to do with it. Yeah, <laughs> I, yeah. So, uh, but uh, you know, uh, uh, Kate's mom makes the enormous mistake of telling Kingpin that she's quitting. Yes, and the truth is, you just don't quit the criminal lifestyle. Like that's just not how it works. Like, yes. and this is this might be my only thing I'm disappointed with in this episode. As Kingpin says, she quit like she thinks she works at Goldman Sachs. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> uh, uh, that's the thing I'm disappointed about in this episode is that it turns out that Eleanor Bishop is not only not like the Queen Pin, but she's just kind of a chump. And like, it's a little yeah. bit disappointing. Um, it feels like they pulled their punch with her. I agree. I agree. Like at the last minute, they were like, I think it might be too harsh to have Kate's mom go to jail and also be an actual bad person. Yeah. Um, they wanted to pull it back a little bit, it seemed yeah. like to me. And they, I guess they can always grow her. She, you know, she's Madame Mask in the comics yeah. and stuff yeah. like that. Like, I, mean, so I like, guess they can grow her, but at the same time, it's like, it's kind of, it's a bummer. It's a bummer that in the end, it was she's just a doofus. And it's like, well, that's lame. That's kind of, I don't like that. I mean, it's it's got a real it's got a real Marvel Disney Plus feeling to it. Like yeah. you get to the last episode, and there's elements you're like, oh, okay. But that's the only yeah. element of this episode. Well, there's two elements, but the other one is very nitpicky. But yeah, no, I think this is a great episode. Don't get me yeah. wrong. Um, I think it's, they really stick to landing more or less. I think they don't really they don't make everything feel a hundred percent satisfactorily tied up to me. It feels just a little bit like characters going, okay, I guess we're done with this. Um, but I, I'm I'm okay with that. I, you know, yeah. you know what I mean. Um, yeah. So Kate now knows that her mom is working with the kingpin and has seen the full video. Elaine has actually given them a full video of Which, this how conversation. How she get that whole video? She hacked it. It has to be, right? Because that has why to be the kingpin's... The, well, here's my question. Why does the kingpin have a fucking ring camera in his in his secret layer of evil? Kingpin, bad planet. Hmm. That's a good question. Uh, Maya shows up to talk to the kingpin too, and the kingpin... Um, and uh, Kazi says, oh, she's going to stop hunting for Ronan. And Kingpin's like, yeah, let it go. This is, don't worry about it. Like he does like the whole like, eh, yeah, you know, this yeah. is not important. Because eh. uh, he knows that if she keeps digging, she'll find out that it was him. And she already knows that it's him. Yeah. And she actually, and, and he knows that, that she knows. Which I like. Yeah. It becomes pretty clear to him. Yeah. Although this does bring in, and this is a very common thing. This is not just to Hawkeye. This is a very common mafia thing in, in movies, mafia bad guy thing in movies where Maya right away decides that Clint is telling her the truth where it's like, Hey, you were just trying to murder this guy. And just because he says, by the way, your friends are the bad guys. You're gonna be like, yeah, he's right. My friends are the bad guys. I gotta go murder them all. <laughs> like that doesn't. It's so it's interesting. I, you know, I, it. I, so I, yeah, I think that is, there's a little bit of narrative convenience to that. Right. But I think yeah. also and, and that's a very common, it's a very common thing. movie trope. Yeah. But I also think that in this case, I suspect that she, um, I suspect that it makes sense to her. Like he tells her a thing and it maybe like scratches an itch that she's had in the back of her head all these years. I guess I just wish we maybe like, Hey, why was, why was Kazi not killed that night? Like everybody else in the, in the crew was killed, but Kazi made it through. That's pretty weird. Right. Huh? Guess it was just good luck. And then Clint shows up and he's like, Oh yeah, I killed your dad. But guess who told me to kill your dad? And she's like, fuck, that makes a lot more sense now. But like, like if for example, in this episode, they show a picture of her Kazi and her dad together. If they had shown that photo 
before Clint said, haven't you wondered why your friend Kazi wasn't there when he was your dad's right-hand man? That would have fit a little better. But when Clint says it, and then she asks him why he wasn't there that night, my first thought was like, oh, he was part of the crew then? <laughs> like, he seems so young. I figured he was newer. I think not. that the relationship with Kazi is just, I, I, it was never fully clear to me. The whole yeah. show, and you know, I mean, like, it's like, was is there a romantic thing between them? Are they related? I, I well, honestly, in this was, episode, I got a, a real romantic feel to it. But yeah, there's a romantic like, feel to it um, here. But like, it's, I wasn't clear to me, and I was like, I don't yeah. know. You know, in the comics, it's one way, but like, what is it here? I don't know what it is here. Yeah. Um, and it was just never fully clear to me. And uh, you're right that they should have sort of pulled that out a little bit earlier, like in her origin bit. That should have been like. Cause he's the right hand man. He was yeah. a kid, and he was like the dad was training him up to be like the guy. He was, yeah. he was yeah. the Dicky Moltisanti to Tony, you know, her dad's Tony Soprano. Yes, yeah, you know, not Dicky, Jesus, no, Christopher. Christopher. Dicky's Christopher was Chris. Dicky was the was the Tony. <laughs> Dicky was the Tony to Tony's Christopher. Yes. What? <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> did, did I just have a stroke? What happened? So, <laughs> Dickie was the Tony to Tony's Christopher. Exactly, Dickie was the Tony to Tony's Christopher. That's exactly what I mean. Yeah, all right. Come on, you can't follow that logic. Come on. I think the better way to say it would be Dickie was to Tony what Tony was to Christopher. Yeah, Dickie was Tony. Dickie was Tony to Tony's Christopher. <laughs> okay. Uh, so uh, we I see like hard hanging out with that one dude. <laughs> we see. We see uh, Kate and Clint making new trick arrows. Yeah, they go all A-team. It was fun. It's really fun. Um, like, it's funny. This show, this is the one MCU thing where I don't buy any of it, like, in terms of realism. And I love it. It makes me so happy. That they have trick arrows? No, like, I don't buy. Well, like, there's, like, the level of the trick arrows I don't buy. Like, they're really cartoony. Which yes. I, I love. I'm not like this That's is 100 percent right. like this is not a negative. Like right. Yeah. Like you know he he has knockout gas that looks like Joker gas. Like I love it. It's <laughs> it's it's talcum powder, right? I mean like that's yeah. what it's like from the Batman 66. Yeah. But also like them like just in like Grills's room making all just these things. All this up. Yeah, it was like yeah, no. pepper spray. That's yeah, all no way. Is pepper yeah. spray. And he's like, give me the pepper spray. I'm going to turn it into a airbag arrow. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, like, no, it would never happen. It doesn't work. I love it. I love every second of it. I really enjoyed it. It was a lot of fun. I love watching her um, label the dangerous ones. It was so funny. It was so good. Um, The dangerous ones, just all of them, because she can't tell them. She doesn't know what they are. Yeah. Yeah, I love it. Uh, I love her speech that she gives at the end of the scene. Which is what? Where she's like, when I was a little girl, the aliens attacked. And she, like, tells him about how she saw him. Because I am one hundred percent sure that until that speech, he was not going to wear the suit. And then you think yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, that makes sense. So they go to the Christmas party. Um, this is one of those things where the show's been setting up the Christmas party for like a lot of episodes, but yet it does not. This does not feel like an inevitable place for them to go. Like it's like something weird about like it feels really um arbitrary that this is where the show ends, despite the show talking about it a bunch. It's one of those things where it's like, why didn't they just go to Eleanor's house and talk to her? <laughs> like, like, there's a lot of, you know, instead of going to the Christmas party, but they choose the Christmas party because I mean, it's fun. great. Like, they, you know, they get to show up dressed up and stuff like that. Like, it, it creates a whole great scene. Like, I'm not against it. Again, this is nothing. I'm against this. This is the thing, though, that this is the MCU show that feels the most like a comic book, and yes. that there's a lot of decisions that are made because they're cool. 
or they're like well, there's, fun? There's, there's a lot of decisions that are made because they're cool. And there's a lot of stuff that happens in the blink of an eye because it's just got to happen in a blink of Like, for example, the entire LARP team has become part of the catering crew and nobody questions it. Like the entire catering crew is now the LARPers. Right. And and nobody like that means that in the last six hours, they all interviewed, got hired and got put on this party. That's pretty impressive. <laughs> you know, this, this well, catering they, crew right. had nobody to work right. this party like an hour before it happened. It's just a classic infiltration. It's like yeah, fucking yeah, like, it's like yeah, it's, they're in there. That's it. Yeah, it's like it's like face and Hannibal all of a sudden are working the party, right? I mean, yeah. like I said, there really is an A team vibe to the whole thing, like where these guys, like I love when a plan comes together, and you're like, well, how did this plan possibly come together over the past six hours? There's yeah. no way. Which they um, have that moment in this episode when when Hawkeye when Clint's in the tree and he looks down and he sees the the LARPers coming out in their uniforms and their LARP costumes, and he goes and he smiles. He's like, oh man, we're all gonna die. Yeah, it's <laughs> really like, good. It's great. I love it. Um. It's, so uh, all hell breaks out pretty quickly at the party. Well, um, can we talk about Jack? What about Jack? That he shows up to the party with a sword? Yeah. Yeah, I love it. And but I love the fact that the show calls it out and Hawkeye's like, weird flex. Uh, weird flex. I think Jack has my favorite line in the whole episode when he's talking to his, his nephew. And, and his nephew's like, I was going to get your wine when you went to jail. And he goes, do you remember when you peed your pants in the Hamptons? I do. Everybody does. So good. <laughs> Really good. They brought that kid back. I love they 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 bookmarked they bookended the show with that kid. I like that very much. I think yeah, Jack is so good. Character. I think he's my favorite character in the whole Marvel universe now. He's so good, and he kicks so much ass in this episode. Yes, he does. And he's got two great lines. He's got that one. He's got one later on. Um. So yeah. So they hell breaks out really quickly at this party though, because um, Cassie is across the street, and he is about to assassinate. uh, And he is as bad at his job as Eleanor is because he just opens fire. On the wrong target. Well, he can't hit her. Like he like it's like one of those classic <laughs> sniper things, like where he's like tracking her but can't quite get her centered, and then she disappears behind a pillar. Yeah. But he but then he's like, well, I guess I'll just kill Hawkeye instead. It's like, no, man, you're there to kill her. Stay on target. Yeah, but I get it. He really doesn't like Hawkeye. And because of the things that Hawkeye's fucking up his life. Yeah. Yeah. The things if he kills Hawkeye and gets to say I kill Ronan, maybe this ends everything. If yeah. Hawkeye runs around and gets to like fill in some more blanks for Maya, it's not great. It could go bad. Yeah. Yeah, it could go real fucking bad. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so now it becomes all chaos. Everybody has to be evacuated. The LARPers who are first responders, there's a good bit where they like try to direct traffic, but they cannot. Yes. And then so they go put on their superhero costumes or yeah, I guess I like their LARP that. costumes, really. And then now everybody listens to them. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. I like that, but that was fun. And then Yelena shows up, just in case this wasn't enough chaos. She shows up to kill With Clint. A crazy hairdo. Yeah, her hair's all cool. And um, Yelena. And another and, great jacket, by the way. Yep, that's her deal, man. Yeah. Good jackets. Out. Yelena and Kate have a bunch of good scenes together, man. Oh, they're so great together. They're so great together. They have really good scenes of them talking and going back and forth, and they have a really good fight scene. Yes. Yeah. That felt like, you know, when Ang Lee made The Hulk. He tried to do like comic book panel transitions. Yeah. And I think it did, you know, it, it, it felt a little too 1960s pop art yes. to me. This felt like reading a comic book page. I agree. I fully agree. Like when somebody's like, you know, like eight or nine panels that like tell like one fluid story because yeah. of where they're put, putting the camera and we're always seeing it through windows and stuff like that, it creates the framing of the comic book panel. Yeah. It fucking rules. Yeah, it was great. I loved it. It was really well done. It was a, a neat little bit. 
Somebody's going to tell me that this is actually in the Fraction Hawkeye comic, and I haven't read it in 15 years, so I, yeah. I, I apologize if this is just taken whole off the page. I, but, I mean, I thought it was incredible. It was an incredible way to do it. It was really fun. It kind of reminded me in the MCU of the first fight between Steve and the Winter Soldier when they're running through this office. Yeah. yeah. It's not quite that, uh, no. but it, it reminds me of that a little bit, and I think that it also reminded me of that because it's also got that similar personal piece to it. Yes. Um. Yeah. So, but the, the personal piece here is really different because their relationship is really different. And so and Kate it's and just Elena, it's just blooming. It's blooming. And, as, and as they Kate have, says, stop, stop making me like you. And, and Elena <laughs> says, I'm sorry, I can't. It's just who I am. Uh, they have some good bits in an elevator. They have some good bits in this fight. They, 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 they commend each other on their fighting as they fight. It's very, very good. Yes. Yeah. The elevator um, stuff I really loved. I love the elevator stuff. The elevator stuff is really, really good because there's yeah. like two things I love. There's like a double part of this that I love about it. One, I love the close contact brawling that they do in the elevator, like the like yeah. slapping each other's hands away. Yeah. But I also love that Kate's big plan is to hit everybody. <laughs> <laughs> there's something very Jackie Chan about that, I thought. Yeah, it's really, really, really good. It. It's really fun. It's really funny. And it's the kind of thing that like – it's a it's a character thing, you know what I mean? Like, there's yeah. other somebody else might hit like those. might be like a version of this fight scene where they keep hitting emergency stop and then go emergency yeah. stop and then go. But like Kate's decision to just hit every fucking button on the elevator is childish. It's funny. Um, it just speaks volumes about who she is. Yeah, yeah, that was that was really good. That made me laugh really hard. Yeah, I mean, just honestly, like one of the, that whole sequence of them from the elevator through the office is just one of the better action sequences this show has had. Um, and this show has some pretty good action sequences outside of the first two episodes. Yep. And um, and I just thought it was just absolutely delightful. And I would watch these two together in 10, 20 episodes a season. I would 100% yeah, watch these two. Without, buddy, just hanging out. Thing. Like if you just turn into Seinfeld, but they're just hanging out. It's them at the diner. I'd be like, great, let's do it. Yeah, like Next Generation Hawkeye and Black Widow, 100%. Like do it. Yeah. Give it to me. I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm all about it. Um, but at the last moment, she figures out where Clint is and she jumps out the window to go shoot Clint. And it's a really good – speaking of Batman 66, a really good running down the building bit. That was so cool. That was great. Yeah. This episode – Hawkeye, it was crazy. This episode has a lot of really good action beats that are very big – but don't feel like blockbuster sized at the same time. And um, they feel personal and, 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 and little like it's very, it's very contained, right? It's all in this one plaza in, at 30 rock. Right. And I also was wondering like, where do they shoot this? Do you, do I, you have I a sense that too? Like it must be a set in Atlanta, right? Like they I'm didn't, assuming I don't, I, I feel like, I know they did some filming in New York, but I feel like I would remember seeing photos of, hey, they turned Rockefeller Center into Christmas. But the thing is they might have just done like a little bit of Christmas and done a lot of CGI stuff on top of it. The yeah. reason why I think they might have, you know, I'm not sure. Like I might get fooled by this, but like there's a lot of background stuff like in um, in the windows that look legit. Um, yeah. Yeah, and there's like a lot of space that they're using, but also when everybody's coming out of the building, and there's a lot of wide shots, which you don't usually see when it's like something made to look like something. Well, else. the thing that makes me think that they might have done at least some shooting at Thirty Rock is that as everybody's running out of the building on the on the on the front of the building, it says Comcast building. Yes, yeah, yeah. Which you would not make on your fake set. I feel no, like if no, it's a different company, not. right? Yeah, you wouldn't be like, "Here's NBC, by the way." Right, you would say that yeah. you would just put a different. You would either have no name on it, or you would put a different name on it. And there's yeah. something about the fact that it says Comcast Building that makes I say, "Why well, is this maybe actually Thirty Rock?" I think it might be. I think I think they might have done some film in there. 
if it's not 30 Rock, they did such a good job of recreating the rink and stuff like that. I haven't been to the rink in a decade, 15 years, so maybe it doesn't well, like this at all. The other thing that makes me think they did some filming there is there's one shot where they're at the rink and it's you can see a little sign that says like like uh, rink tickets on like like the door. And that's oh, also that, that doesn't feel no, – No, that the 100% they do. That having been on a lot of movie sets – um, the way they recreate streets and stuff like that, I you will be stunned by the level of detail they put. The Comcast building that was a thing that I feel like they would just change the name of it. Yes, yeah. They wouldn't use somebody else's another corporation's name, but you'd be stunned. I've been on movie but, but, sets. But, but what, what I mean is, like, I think if it was a set, it would say more than rink tickets. No, I think it might be what. Here's what happens when you're recreating a location on a set. What you do is you go to the real location and take photos, and then you just mock it up. So like if it says rink tickets, that's what that's what it's going to say on the set. Okay. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Like, yeah, that makes, sense. that makes sense. So like they really try to like the art department, especially if it's a really good art department, tries to really match it. Especially now if if they did some shooting on location and then some shooting shooting in, in Atlanta, like yeah. if they had to match those two things, like if they yeah. did some of the wide shots or like whatever, like on location and they wanted to match it, they needed to make sure every detail matched up. Yeah. No, that Which I guess cool. could be why it says Comcast building on it too. I just was really – just traditionally, I just don't imagine Disney like giving like a tip of the hat, yeah, to Universal. I just don't like, like e- even if even if they filmed actually at Rockefeller Center, I feel like that's the kind of thing that they'd be like, let's CG in a different name. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> but they don't. They don't. And so the the um, the tracksuit mafia is there, and this is like all part of the plan, right? The tracksuit mafia is there to be outside. They're they're there to go hit. Uh, Eleanor, but they're also outside just in case they don't hit Eleanor. Yeah, yeah, they have the whole building surrounded. Yeah, and, and so there's and, a. And speaking of how this is a very Batman sixty six feeling kind of thing, I love that they just keep pulling up in trucks that say "Dial a Bro" or "Call a Bro" or whatever. Trust a Bro. That's been their truck Trust in every bro. single yeah. episode. Trust but but a I bro. love that just more and more of those trucks keep pulling up. Yeah, and it's like, what a terrible mafia you are, where you have your phone number on the side of the the vehicles you travel through in. Yeah, I love great. it, but it's very. Batman 66. I love it. Well, it's also right. Batman 66. They're all showing up like in their like outfits, right? I mean, it's like a bunch of henchmen showing up in their outfits. We get a follow up to uh, one of the henchmen. uh, Well, first, we have uh, to go through Kate dying because I'm pretty sure Kate died when she jumped out of the building. (laughs) Because that does not make that's insane. I don't think she dies. So what happens is that she jumps out of the building and she is unable. She follows Yelena out the building. Like Yelena has like rappelled down the side of the building, but Kate does not rappel properly. And in fact, does not bolo to to bring herself down. And she, so she, you have to like the rappelling. What that does is that you're squeezing on the line so that you're slowing yourself down. But with the bolo, she does not have the ability to slow herself down properly. And she just zooms in front of her, which is the opposite of what you want. You want it. Right. you, You want you to be in front of what you're tightening on the rope. Right. Yeah. Uh, she zooms, and at the last, like, 30 feet, she manages to, like, run down the side of the building and I think spend a little bit of her energy. Yeah, yeah. And then she hits – she lands hard, but not, like, death hard. I love – I just love when she passes by Clint in the window and Clint's like, what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> That's a good bit because it's funny and it really sums up their relationship in such a it big does. way, you yes. know? Well, earlier um, you called her partner, which was very nice. Yes, um, so when she's back on the ground, now everybody's all fighting these guys. Yeah. Uh, before we get to the, what happens with Clint, I want to call out a thing I love, which is that one of the, one of the bros that she's fighting is one of the bros that had her captured in a previous episode. And she gave him some advice about his girlfriend. 
And he's like, bro, maybe this is not a good time, but I wanted to tell you, uh, it, your <laughs> it advice totally really worked. worked. Yeah. Yeah. They have a little conversation. They went to Maroon 5. It was very nice. Yeah. And I just, I was like, oh, this is why I love this show. This is, this yeah. is what this show, this is how this show's really fucking just popping for me. Yes. Like in such a big way. It's because of stuff like this. And it's just these little funny character bits that are just really uh, sweet and funny and cheerful. Yeah, yeah. Um, Clint has to get out of the building, and he jumps uh, and falls into the uh, Christmas tree. You're oh, you're so mad at me! I told you I'm yes. not doing this as a regular recap. Go ahead, I know, fill in but the you're missing a great moment. What's that? Where Jack comes out and starts fighting the bros with his with his sword. Well, I was going to get to like all the stuff happening on the ground, like at once. But yes, Jack does come out and he does start fighting the bros, and he yeah. is and doing a lot like, of like on guard. This is what my life has been for. <laughs> He's so excited. I love it. I mean, we're seeing the origin of swordsmen, right? Yeah, I think so. He definitely coming back, and now that yes. he has a taste of this, and uh, you know, not to get ahead of ourselves, but I guess we're not really doing a straight recap. He hooks up with the Larpers at the end. He seems to hook up with the larvers at the end, and he's got my favorite line of the episode, besides the pee your pants one, where she's talking about LARPing. The girl's talking about LARPing and goes, and he looks at it and goes, oh, balls, there's blood on my tie. <laughs> I loved it. That's really good, but I like his line before that. He goes, is this some kind of leisure, leisure activity? activity? <laughs> is this a leisure activity? <laughs> so good. So good. He's so good. I, I am, he's like, good. fucking blown he's, away. He's another one. I I. I I'm not joking when I say he might be my favorite character in the entire Marvel Cinematic Universe. I love they him. Really, they really deploy him well in the show. I mean, this is basically Seinfeld. He's Kramer, without a doubt, right? He's got, I a, mean, he's, he's got a little bit of that energy. But they deploy, him, they, de- they deploy him better than Kramer because he's, yeah. very, he's very carefully used. Yes, yes. Like, they don't cool. end up with him like running around within this whole episode. Like He just yeah. kind of pops in and out, and they do a lot of stuff with him in the background. Which well, is it's great because he's in the background, and, and even – when the LARPers come out and they're talking to Kate and they're like, and she's like, get everybody out of here. And one of them goes, even that guy. And, and she goes, well, he's on our side, but yeah, we should probably get him out of here too. <laughs> it's like, yeah, there you go. I mean, she's basically saying like, let's not overuse him. <laughs> like, yeah. It's, like, it's really smart. They like very often when you have an, an actor who's as good as he is and you're doing a show like this, there's like a real tendency to like add a lot of him to it because he's such a great little secret weapon, but you can really yeah. overdo it. It's like yeah. cooking. Like you can just put, you can put too much pepper in there, man, too much salt. Yeah. And they just do the right amount. Yeah. They, like at the end of this, I was like, give me more Jack in the future. I want to see more of this guy. Yes. Yeah. 100%. The, so the 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 big action moment of this episode, in a lot of ways, is Hawkeye is in the tree and he's stuck in the tree. And there's an owl in the tree, which well, is a nice little yeah. reference to something that actually happened in New York City a yes, couple of years that's ago. Right, that's right. Yeah, there was like a endangered oh, owl that, yeah. that made the trip down with the tree to rock. Yeah. Um, I, I love that he smiles at the owl. Yeah, it's sweet. I just right? really like that. That he takes a moment. And he's like, hey, look at that. And that that was really nice. Yeah, it was really really I like good. That. I really yeah. enjoyed it. Um, and uh, he doesn't know how he's going to get down. He's really trapped in such a giant tree. <laughs> he's stuck in the tree. And Kate does the best fucking thing where she's just like, oh, I'll, I'll take care of it. And she just fucking knocks the tree over. Well, it's great because she, as she's setting up everything, the whole time is like, don't, Kate, don't do anything. Kate, Kate, just leave it. Kate, Kate, I'll get down myself. And she knocks out the wires and he's like, Kate, what are you doing? I'll get down myself. And then she uses the acid arrow on the, on the trunk to make it collapse onto the it's ice. A- it's incredible. It's, um, it's an it's a nice CG bit because you know having all those colored lights go down, which I thought looked really great. Yeah, it looked fantastic. And it was just a delightful thing to look at. Like, yeah. and 
You know, we talk a lot about when you're doing a superhero story, especially these big ones, there's like a lot of destruction and damage in these kinds of stories. And this is obviously damage, clearly, but like it's kind of beautiful. Yes. You know, it. it yeah. I really enjoyed it. Like it was a nice thing to look at. It didn't feel painful or miserable or unhappy. You didn't you don't you don't watch that and go, oh, somebody's life is destroyed. You well, watch the, that and go, that's kind of lovely, huh? Yeah, well, well, it's kind of lovely. And it's also it's fun. It's a fun little bit of destruction. The tree falling like that. Right. And it's also the kind of thing that in this connected universe type of thing, you know that Hawkeye does it. It's fine. No one's going to complain. If Spider-Man did it, J. Jonah Jameson, that's the front of the Daily Bugle. Spider-Man destroys Rockefeller Center Christmas tree. And that's the kind of thing I love, too, is how these things, how they come across are different depending on who the hero is at the moment. So this is not technically a spoiler for Spider-Man No Way Home. Let's be very careful because I know a few people that listen to this that have not seen Spider-Man No Way Home. This is technically not a spoiler. I don't think that what I'm going to say to you is a spoiler in any meaningful way. The final shots of Spider-Man No Way Home involve Spider-Man swinging. Yes. He swings in front of the Rockefeller City, Rockefeller Christmas tree. He does, yeah. And so the question is, does Was that mean that after? Did Spider-Man like swing by like the day before or mm-hmm. do they fix it up? Because this is the day before Christmas, right? This so is like, Christmas Eve. I this think. is Christmas Eve, yeah. So like yeah. is so is Spider-Man swinging around like – what is Spider-Man swinging around like an hour before the events of this movie? There's a lot more snow when Spider-Man is swinging around. There is a lot more snow. I think the snow well, content. We, well, we saw snow earlier in the week in Hawkeye. There was a lot of snow. So like we think Central that maybe Park. Spider-Man is taking place. Maybe two weeks before. It's taking place after Thanksgiving. Yes. But the, I mean, two weeks would still be after Thanksgiving. No, I'm saying after Thanksgiving and two weeks. Yeah. So I'm trying, I'm trying to narrow down when that last scene takes place. Do you know what I, I mean? Like I would say the, mid-December would be my guess. So it's before the events of Hawkeye. That would be my guess, yes. The only problem with that. Oh, the uh, yeah, the Statue of Liberty. Yeah, which no spoilers, but Elena says a thing about Statue of Liberty in the previous episode that only That's makes sense. Yeah. in uh, with some aspects of Spider-Man. Yeah, yeah. So Jim Shooter wept. I, Jim Shooter is not happy about this. He, if you cannot pinpoint what time and what day this little crossover happens, yeah. Jim Shooter's mad about it. Yep, he's very upset. <laughs> I mean, arguably, they could have put the tree back up like a day later. They definitely could have. I mean, like, yeah. there's probably like, yeah. I mean, like, maybe damage control sweeps in and damage gets it done. Doctor, right? They call in Doctor Strange. Oh no, the mic fell again. Oh, this I whole mean, experiment I, of being in the um, closet, by the way, has been on, on some levels, I think, been nice, but on other levels, has been fundamentally disastrous. Well, there you go. One of which is that my back hurts like you wouldn't fucking believe sitting on the floor in the closet. There you go. Um, so they had this big fight with the bros and. Um, I thought of you while watching this. Oh, thank you. Because they go out of their way to hit them mostly with non-lethal stuff. Yes. But every now and again, they do hit them with arrows. And I'm going to say that what I think is happening here is that one of two things. Before we talk about all the non-lethal stuff they use and like how fun this stuff is. um, One is that either Hawkeye and Kate are such expert marksmen that they can hit you with an arrow in a spot where you'll be okay. Yeah. Or they have arrows that are constructed to get into you, but not so deep that it's going to actually fuck you up. Yeah, yeah. I, I think I think both are plausible in this situation. Because we talked about this. We talked about Kate killing people in previous episodes, and they are going out of their well, way more, to use non-lethal Clint. weapons. 
Kate, there's only one point where Kate seems to kill somebody, kill people, and when she blows up the truck. And she didn't know it would blow up the truck. So there's like, it's manslaughter. It's not, it's not murder. Right. But, I mean, Clint in the like second or third episode, and I think the second episode shoots a guy in the throat with an arrow. And that, yeah, I, just I, think- don't, I don't care how small your point is. You probably killed that guy. Yeah, that's reasonable. I mean, like, um, and Clint's a killer. And Clint is a killer. So it's that's like part of the plot yeah. of the show, right? Is that yeah. he's been a killer. And, and I think part of the plot of the show is him not being a killer anymore. Well, right? that's the other piece of it, right? Is that this at the end, they really go out of their way to use all these non lethal weapons. Yes. Yeah. I think um, it's very purposeful. A lot of which were really funny and fun. Um, you know, there's like a giant airbag. That blows everybody up into the air. I thought that was fucking delightful. That was my second favorite one. Uh, the guy that gets shot in the leg with the arrow that with turns his leg arrow. into ice. That was fun. Yeah, that was fun. My girlfriend turned to me and goes, he's going to lose that leg. No, it's comic book science. That's exactly it, though. This, yeah. But this is the first time that it feels like there's comic book science. Yes. Yeah. You know, even though the MCU has had comic book science there's always been this, science, but this is th- this is deep comic book science and it, it, in the past the comic book science in the mcu has always felt like they have to go well you know this has grave implications yes. this one it's like yeah no it's like frozen it's okay he'll be yeah. fine like well, I, was, I, I mean kate shoots a man into space as far as we can tell <laughs> right because she attaches like a rocket to one guy's leg and he just shoots off in the air and we never see him come down so, so as far as i'm concerned he is on his way to the moon <laughs> it's so good, Bro, bros in space. Bros in space. Uh, they he does. Uh, what are some of the other arrows that they have? They have. Uh, he he has the magnet arrow, which gets rid of everybody's guns, which I love. Terrific, terrific yeah. moment. The all light the, arrow, all the flagpoles, all, yeah, all the flagpoles, the, the light arrow, like the the flashbang arrow. Yeah, and uh, the ones that shoot out little spikes that that knock everybody out that are that have uh, like sleeping. Juice on them, I guess. I don't know. That's so delightful because the thing spins around and spits the spikes out. How, what yeah. a delight. Yeah, that was fun. Um, what else was it? Yeah, there's the airbag arrow, which I really loved. What's your favorite one? My favorite one is when they, they shrink the, the truck. It's so good. It's such a good bit. Like, as the truck is coming, they've established the PIM arrow, but I'm not even thinking about it at this point, right? Nope. And then the truck is coming at them. Like, well, they're going to use an arrow on this truck, and I don't even think there's going to be a PIM arrow. And when they use the PIM arrow, it's so perfect. They do a thing um, where they have little squeaky voices in the truck. Yeah, there's little squeaky voices. Which I really love. But then they pay off the owl by having the owl come and grab the truck and fly away with these guys. <laughs> well, what I love is that they shrink the truck, and then the truck is sitting there, and Kate turns to the clean and goes, What's going to happen to those guys? And Clint goes, I don't know. I'm going to have to talk to Scott. <laughs> so funny. <laughs> that was amazing to me. And then it doesn't matter because the arrow or the owl comes and takes away the truck. Well, like there's like, there's like, it's the opportunity. Which to now like, there's definitely like a, the borrowers thing going on in New York city, but with the, like three little or five, however many might be in the back of the truck, little bros. Well, there's two like options for this, right? One is there's the option that like, there's like a fun eight page story about yeah. Clint having to go find these guys. Yeah. Like, it's just a fun little AP story. Like, not like anything too heavy, but like yeah, Clint having to, like, down, yeah. yeah, he's got to go find these guys because he has to, he can't let them be trapped as little people. And yeah. then, part two, there's like in the Marvel Comics world, there's the crossover event 15 years from now where they have amassed a tiny army. Well, well, and- well there, like, there's that, uh, the story from Fantastic Four where they turn the scrolls into into cows, into cows, and then decades later, the milk from those cows has given people scroll powers. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, so those are the two options: a cute little eight page story that ties it up, or a actual big like weird story yeah. that like like, like uh, Solar Opposites. 
Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Um, but then uh, <clears throat> there's all this fighting. Uh, uh, Eleanor gets away, but then the kingpin shows up. And we end yes. up with this big kingpin fight, right? And um, he, like, you know, gives her some shit. And she's he's killed all her people in her car. And um, he tears the, the door he off did, her car. He did my favorite thing. Because this is definitely something you have to think about when you're setting up. Is he kills the driver. He seems to have shot the driver in the head. But when she gets into the car, all the windows of the car are rolled up. Which means after shooting the driver, he rolled up the windows. And I love that. Like it's we just don't know weird, where he shot him. He might have shot him. I mean, behind, the driver's right? the, but the driver's sitting in the driver's seat, and nobody else is in the car, and he's got blood coming from the side of his head. Oh, so yeah, that's a good point. I would think he shot him from outside the car, but I just love the idea. Is like now I'm going to roll up these windows so that you can't really see inside too well when you walk yeah. by, and then like I just love that. I love that little touch. I don't think it was like a goofy thing. I think it's a yeah, it's just a good thing. bit. Yeah. yeah, he just wants to give her a spook. Yeah, I he wants to it. give her a good yeah, spook. And then, and then the other guy who walked up with her comes crashing down in, on the back of the car, and then the door just comes flying off. It's a very horror yeah. scene, horror movie. Yeah, it's scene. really, really good, and it really establishes that this kingpin is um, closer to the Marvel comics kingpin. Yes, the kingpin in Daredevil, he was strong. Um, there's a scene in episode in season two where he's like benching like 400 pounds or something like that. Yeah, um, and he's doing it like with the very with with little effort. Um, and we've seen him like do some like he intense fighting in prison and stuff, doesn't he? In, yeah, in, and in, you know he's a, obviously a strong guy, but this is a super strong guy. Yeah, I mean he gets an arrow to the chest and just breaks it off. Like now the kingpin has no superpowers. No, in Marvel comics, at least uh, he well at least not until uh, as of like two or three years ago. I mean maybe he does now, but uh, I, th- I think like in the past they've hinted that he might be a mutant, but nobody knows for sure kind of deal. But like he's just one of those characters where they just kind of kept creeping his power level up. Yeah. Like they just needed to keep making him stronger and more powerful to keep up with the guys that he was fighting. Yeah. Um, but I don't think they never actually gave him like a, like he was never like bitten by an irradiated no. bowling pin. You know what I no. mean? Like yeah. that never happened. No, um, he's just like Batman that he's always as strong as he needs to be in the movie. Exactly. And he can take yeah. as much damage as he needs to take yeah. for the purposes of the story. And that's, I don't mind that. I have no problem with that. That's classic yeah. comic book storytelling. Yeah. You know no, what I, I mean? No like I got no problem with that. You know, as long as you establish that he can do these things, then I'm fine with it. And that, that's what we get here. He's definitely a non-regular – he's a, a non-grounded kingpin, I would say. Yes. Yeah. And we know this because Eleanor hits him with a car and he flies through the fucking window. He flies through the window and he just gets right up. Yeah, it's so yeah. good. Yeah, he, takes a, he takes a beating. <laughs> he really does. Uh, he has a fight scene with Kate inside of F.A.O. Schwartz. It's savage. Which I think shut down, didn't it? I thought they still had the store, the one store. Do they still have the one store? I don't know. I thought so. Neither one of us live in New York anymore. Who knows? Um, it's know a really good fight. I Schwartz toys at Target. There you go. It's a really good fight. It's a really, really good fight. Yeah, and it's, um, it's brutal. There's something about this. So I think the thing about this episode is that Kingpin is, even though he has been set up for four episodes or three episodes now, he feels really shoehorned into this episode. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, but, it, it's the same issue that I think runs through all of these Marvel shows where at the end they're like, this is the big bad. And you're like, well, maybe it's the Kang thing, more right? Time. Yeah. yeah. Like Kang, I think it's works because he's the big bad and all he does is talk. They just have a whole episode of them talking about everything, you know, but like when, when it's Agatha all along and then all of a sudden they're fighting, you're like, man, I wish you had spent a little more time. I mean, at least she was in the show. At least she was in the show, but it just felt like 
a little rushed on that one. You know? I mean, this one, so it's interesting. He feels shoehorned in for, for me. I don't really mind it. I don't actually care. Like, it's not like a problem. Um, because, and one of the reasons why it's not a problem is because even though he, because the nature of this fight is like Kate's graduation fight. Yes. Like, she's taking on like a real character, like a character well, that we know. Yeah, it, it's a two part thing. It, it's Kate's graduation. This is her on her own for the first time fighting it out. Right. And that's huge. And then this is also for people that don't know the comics. Here's the kingpin. This is why he's a big deal. Look at what he does. You know, and he's tough. He's clearly a tough guy. So I think also the kingpin is like close to a very well-known character. I think an average person might recognize that the kingpin is a character. I disagree a little bit. I guess it depends on our definition of a regular person, right? Like, 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 I think a lot of the people that are watching the Disney Plus shows probably didn't watch Daredevil Netflix. I don't know about that. Daredevil Netflix seen, did really well. It did really well, but but I think it didn't do as well as like the Marvel stuff, like like the MCU, Kevin Feige stuff. Like, like I think that this draws in a bigger. I don't thing know about that. We maybe, have no. I mean, we have not, actually no way of knowing. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. I mean, the MCU stuff. I mean, the, the, the only thing I have to go on is that both of our parents watch these things and they didn't watch Daredevil. That's all I have to go on. Yeah, but I think that that is the nature. I think there's a good changing nature in how these things are watched in general. But um, I, I mean, I think that's part of it is that because of that changing nature that the, this is open to a lot of different people that may not have watched Daredevil. Well, what's interesting, I think, is that one of the things that actually makes Daredevil harder for regular people to watch is that it's a binge show. Is that it takes four episodes before they reveal he has powers? I mean, that, that whatever. But it's a binge show. And this is a weekly yeah. show where it's easier to catch up and it's easier to be a casual viewer of this. Yes. With yeah. the Netflix shows, you really got to like be in on it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. we, we, like we were watching Midnight Mass, the new Mike Flanagan show, and I yep. didn't really like it very much. But like I think if it was weekly, I probably would have finished it. But because yeah. by the time I managed to get through the first five episodes, or I didn't like it that much, and everybody had already moved on past it because yeah. I was five weeks behind, yeah. and I was like, "Oh fuck it, who cares? This is already over. Like I, this has got no. I don't need to find out what happens next because nobody's talking about it anymore, and I'm already yeah. past it." Um, but this like is weekly. This is weekly. Um, people, are, you can catch up. It's easy to catch up. It's easy to sort of just like be in on it, and it's a thing to watch once a week for an hour. Yeah. Yeah. As opposed to needing to set aside eight hours. Well, it, it, it's it's not unlike the thing with I don't know if you saw the the bit that came out from HBO Max where they talked about the other two and how the other two every week viewership went up, and that's how they knew they had a hit. Like, okay, people people are talking about this week after week, and it's right. bringing in more viewers. So, and that's clearly, the traditional thing. Yeah, yeah, that's how you want to do it, right? Right. That is how you want to do it, right? Because especially yeah. if you're going to drop a whole season. And then you're like, okay, I guess maybe people like it. Who knows? Uh, but as you can sort of see week to week it growing, that means, oh, I feel very confident doing a second season right now. Yeah. And especially because it means it lasts longer, right? Because then the the audience is coming in. They're doing – they're discovering more it, along the way. Yeah. Well, I mean um, it's, it's just – it's amazingly impressive how Marvel, despite you know a, a year with fewer movies than they might usually have, even though they seem to have a lot of movies. Actually, they actually had a ton of movies. This they year just put them all they had nothing last year. Period. Right. Yeah, but but because of the shows, they really controlled every week of the year. Yep. There was something new for Marvel pretty much every week this entire year. That's pretty crazy. That's wild. I mean, not quite every week, but it was a lot. There was a lot a of Marvel lot. stuff this year. Yeah. Um, but I think that Kingpin is a big enough character that people recognize him as a character, that he's like a, he's somebody. 
Do you know what I mean? I really, I really do think that. I really do think that. So I think that that's part of what makes this an important scene is that even for a more casual viewer, there's an understanding that this is a guy. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? This isn't just like a dude. This is a guy. Just, I'm like using my this own lingo. Just this dude. is just a guy. This, this is isn't a guy. dude. This is a guy. Uh, that's important to understand. Not just a dude, but a guy. But he's like somebody. Like people recognize, oh, this is a, this is a character who has a history and she's holding her own against him. Yes. Yeah. Not just like he's a big guy that we introduced for the first time this episode. For real. And, and, and but even if, like I mean, you know, he has a history because Clint has made it clear that he's even, he's scared of this guy. Right. You know, he's worried about this guy. And then, I mean, his introduction here is terrifying. Again, it's terrifying when he comes after Eleanor. It's scary. And yeah. then here's you know here's Kate, all of nineteen twenty, twenty two years old, twenty two, and just just getting wrecked like he's just tossing her around like she's a rag doll it's crazy and she keeps I mean, she's, a, it's she's a kind of a, she's kind of a slight young lady i mean that he's tossing her around is not that surprising but I, but I mean he's he again she shoots him right in the chest with an arrow and he just breaks it off and then she shoots the next arrow and he grabs it and, and pulls her towards him because it's got like the the cord on it and then tosses her through a window and like he's just smashing her all around it's pretty wild she does the move that every character in the MCU does where you jump up on somebody and put your legs around their neck to flip them over and he just throws her and that never fails in the MCU. So that's huge. Thanos would fall for that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, so would you pass out? <laughs> I did. It's so yeah. hot in here right now. I just, I'm wearing a sweater too. Well, last uh, week it was real hot in my apartment. That's how oh, uh, so, uh, meanwhile, why are you wearing a sweater if you're hot? Well, because it was not hot, but now I'm locked in a closet and it's hot and I can't take the sweater off without taking off the headphones. And like, I don't want to have to like, pause this. I don't want to, I don't want to pause this and, and all yeah. this other shit. Right. So yeah. I just want to get it done is the okay. thing. Um, so, uh, not that I mind, I mean, I'm, I'm enjoying tangents because we love yes, doing yeah. tangents. Yeah. Um, but, but anyway, yeah. anyway, uh, they're doing like sort of that classic final act um, split action thing where they're jumping between action sequences. Yes. And what the other action sequence, they're, the main other action sequence they're jumping between is uh, Clint fighting Yelena. Yes. It's a very good fight because um, there's one, it's like she's really brutal. She's really beating the shit out of him and he's not fighting back that hard, which I like, no. right? Yeah. But also I like there's a lot of talking in it. And I, I don't know if we've talked about this, but one of the things that I think is we're seeing more and more of in these movies is the characters talking during fights, which is what I want from a comic book story. Yes. I, I mean, the whole fight chase between Yelena and Kate, they're talking the entire time as well. Right. And it's, it's great. It's fun. Cause that's how it is in comics. Like that's yeah. the thing is like, you'll pick up an old, com especially old comics, you'll pick up an old comic and there's like 20, there's like six pages of fighting, but those six pages of fighting also have endless amounts of word balloons. <laughs> so many word balloons. <laughs> the characters crazy. is yeah. speechifying at each other and dropping exposition the whole time. And there's just no way that that could all happen. And it's hard just, to do that. What? I was just listening to something today where they talked about that, where it's like in the old comics, they weren't just like, it wouldn't just be Captain America and Red Skull fighting, like punching each other. They would also be giving sermons about like their p political stances and why, yeah. you know, like, like this is why fascism is wrong as Captain America is punching. Yeah. Red Skull, and it's like, yeah, we that should definitely come back in comics. 
But it's just great. I mean, I love that. Like, I, that's yeah. the thing I love about comics. And it's the thing that's out of styling comics now. They really reduce the amount of dialogue in comics in general. Yeah. Um, when I wrote my comic, there was like not hard rules, but there was like a, like you could basically fit less than a tweet in each panel. Yeah. Total, like total words, like that's not crazy. even just like in one character's mouth. Like try telling Chris Claremont that. Yeah. Um, with all the words that he put on the panel. But that's yeah. the way that it is today. They were like, you know, probably like about 140 characters is how many characters you want to have per panel. That's and cool. that was hard because I was adapting a novel. Yeah. And I want to really use as much of the language as possible from the sure. novel. Sure. Um, but, you know, you have to make sacrifices because of that. But I think there's been the day, a push back against that now. I agree. Right? I think there's more dialogue and more, yeah, more they're, words. Yeah, they're going back to dialogue, which is good. I'm all for it. Well, this is a thing that you and I have talked about a lot, which is that the experience of reading comics today is dissatisfying because you can read a comic for about three and a half minutes. Yes. Yeah. And when now if you like go on Marvel Unlimited and read an old Claremont X-Men, you're going to read that one issue for like, you know, 17 minutes. Like you're going to spend like a good amount of time <laughs> reading a Claremont comic. Like I've been reading all the the classic dc crisis crossovers between jsa and jla because my buddy got me the my buddy ty got me the box set of that and reading an issue is a good 25 minutes because there's just so many so much talking and and uh narration panels and stuff and it's like man they filled this with stuff they didn't they were not afraid i wonder if the reason maybe i'm part of this that we're old right but maybe a reason why some of these older stories feel a little bit more iconic is because you're spending more time with them I think you're, you're spending more time with them, and there's a lot more coverage of the character, if right? You will, you know? Because a lot of it's being spelled out to you, and a lot of you know what I mean, like both in in dialogue, thought bu- bubbles, and also in narration. Yeah, yeah. So, so the, you're getting a lot more. Yeah. Um, but the, the, that's the thing. Is I, like, I mean, like, like when when people talk about like Watchmen, one of the big things is Rorschach's narration throughout all of it. That and right. people go back to that all the time. Where today, if you're doing that today none of that narration would be there. Right. And I think there's a lot of really good comic book stories today, but a lot of them for me, again, I'm an old man, so maybe this is my old man business talking, but because they're so quick to read, you just feel like you blow through them. You don't feel like you're living in them. And you're, now honestly, this is somebody's going to say, well, you should be taking more time to appreciate and enjoy the art. And I don't disagree. The art is This is not, I I agree. Like, but the problem is that like, I'm a reader. And so yes. when I read a comic, very often I go, okay, he's punching him, he's punching him, he's punching him. They have three lines of dialogue. He's punching him, he's punching him. I finish the comic. Yeah. And what I really want is him. He's punching him and they're speeching each other. And then he's punching him and then there's like Stan Lee popping in to tell us about this thing happening in the background yeah. or whatever. And that's what I really want. And that, that makes me feel like I'm living in the comic longer. They did a really interesting thing in a, a very recent issue of Flash. I want to say it was number 776 where Flash and – Dr. Fate have to travel to a different reality. And the best part of it is in the beginning of the comic, Dr. Fate turns to you, the reader and says, you have to help us. And then throughout the issue, like he'll be like, when, when, you know, now, right now, turn, turn your page uh, upside down and you turn the, the page and you turn your thing upside down. And now they're falling through stuff to get away from the monsters, you know? And then at the very end, he's like, did you see the three pieces that we needed to open up this door? Go back and look for them. And you go back and you, you find those pieces and it's just fun. It's a fun little thing. And it really makes you both. And there's also a lot of talking throughout it because Dr. Strange or Dr. Fate's explaining everything and Flash is confused by everything. But it also, it was fun in this a- aspect of like, you're, you're making me read through it and then go back and really look at the art to find these things if I want to play along with your story. And it was very fun. I really enjoyed that. I highly recommend that issue. That's pretty fun. That sounds like a really good time. Cool. Who, who, really who wrote cool. that? 
Uh, I want to say his name is Jeremy Adams. Oh, no, I put you on the spot. I'm sorry. I, I feel bad. I, I follow him on Twitter, and he's a very nice guy. But uh, hold on. I got to look real quick now. Well, while you're looking this up, Clinton Yelena had this big fight that involves a lot of talking. It's a lot of really good speechifying. And over the course of the fight, Clint is trying to convince Yelena that um, he's not responsible for her sister's death. And he's only able to convince her by doing the special whistle that uh, Yelena and uh, and Natasha had. Yeah, and sweet. and then um, he should have done it earlier. But um, yeah. Clint, you, you should have led with that. He should have opened with the whistle. <laughs> Frankly, because he takes a beating. Good for Jeremy Adams. Uh, He takes a beating, a real beating, a hard beating. But I think he takes it because he feels he deserves it. That's part of it, right? It's a it's a self flagellation thing, right? Yeah. Um, And and then then so she she, once she takes out the like stick and starts breaking his arms, he's like, "I'm gonna have to put an end to this." This okay? I've been punished enough. I don't want to be in casts. You know? Yeah. Um, and so he does the whistle, and she finally believes him, and she he tells her, um, you know, Natasha talked about you. Um, which I'm assuming means after the dusting. I I don't know. I mean, it could be either or. It could be either or. Yeah, I guess. I feel like, yeah, I mean, it's hard to say, right? Yeah. I mean, because she doesn't have that many memories. She's more connected. She's reconnected with her at that point. And she knows that she's dead. Yeah. Yeah. And so that's like a heavy thing on her. They're discussing what they've lost, I guess. But it would, but at the same time, it seems like after the dusting, Clint quickly took off on his own. We're not sure. It's five years, and, and, so like, it's, it's not really clear. I mean, it's definitely weird that they're doing all of this in Endgame, and no point is Clint like, "What about Yelena?" You know, and it's like, no, we well, haven't so, written that yet. <laughs> so here's right. So here's the thing, though, is that this I like this bit. Like, I like the fact that she was dusted, and I like this conversation where Clint talks about how much Natasha talked about her because this. Is a, this is a retcon effort to fix some of my problems with with Endgame? Yes, which is that the, I felt like Scarlet uh, Black Widow should not have died. She's not the right character to die. But now, if what you're doing is you're killing her because she wants to give her sister a chance, yes. Now, now I'm on board for this a little bit more. Not I'm still not on board for it because and, I think and he Clint connects has, it to the plane, right? Which I like, where he's like, she was flying the plane, she got you guys out of there, and she said, I asked her, was she scared? And she said, no, because she knew you were there. Right. And yeah, I and like I, that. That's yeah, and that's, then that's good. That That's a little bit of a retcon that I think helps me with some of the stuff in Endgame that I don't like. Yeah. And that's actually the one of the beauties of long-form storytelling, is the ability to continue to tell the story and to add layers to things that did not work originally, <laughs> and to make them then work in hindsight. Yeah. Yeah, And that's a classic comic book storytelling thing. Like yes. somebody comes in and goes, hey, you know, this didn't really quite work, but we can really kind of like juice this up a little bit and make it work. Yeah. Um, I think that they've like successfully rescued some of the worst stories of all time. I think like yes. Ben Riley, like I don't I don't hate Ben Riley. No, but they, they've also done that to destroy some of the greatest stories of all time. They certainly <laughs> have like that time that we was revealed that Green Goblin impregnated Gwen Stacy. Yes. And then Peter Parker made out with her daughter. <laughs> So they have their moment. Uh, Oh, is that a dog barking? No, that was me going. Oh, I thought it was a dog barking in the background. I got so excited you had a dog for Christmas. No, no, no dogs. Um, It's too small for a dog. Oh, but you got a little. You get a little dog. No, it's it's. it's, I would feel bad. I'd feel bad. So, um, Kate. Uh. Uh. Wins against the kingpin. He takes off, and then the cops show up. Well, no, she and, knocks him out with all the all the bombs. 
Right. She knocks him out, but then he takes off. Yeah. Um, she like like stuns him, maybe. I don't know. Because he's just gone. I mean, he's unconscious. He definitely seems to be unconscious. He's laying on the floor unconscious. And then, um, and then the cops the cops show up and they, they arrest Eleanor. And Eleanor has maybe the best line of the episode. She says, this is, is this what, what you heroes do? do? Arrest their, their mothers mom. on Christmas? So good. <laughs> mom guilt is fantastic. It's really incredible. Now, do you think there was other shots to the scene? Because it's weird. It's definitely the detective that kept calling Kate throughout the series. But yeah. they never show him. You they sort of do. They have like an, and they have an older, or they have an over-the-shoulder shot and of him. Have, and, but he's all blurry. And I was like, was the actor not available that day? Like, like this made me think, like, maybe they filmed this in New York and, and he wasn't able to come to New York for some reason? No, I wonder what actually happened is that when they did the editing on the series, they cut this guy's whole fucking storyline out. Yeah. And so they was like, you know, it's going to be too confusing to do, like, a, a establishing shot of this guy. We're going to make yeah. – it's going to it's gonna maybe make people confused because it's been so long since we've seen him yeah. and he's done nothing. Like, I wonder if he had more to do in previous episodes and they were just it like, this like is not did. going anywhere. It seems like he did because there's the whole thing of him, like, I, I want – you need to come to the office you need to come down to police central right and that's just dropped right so like um so i wonder if that's the reason why they're just like you know doing an establishing shot of this guy and like make the audience go wait wait who's this guy why is he so important i don't remember him because he hasn't showed up since episode two or no he he showed up last episode to arrest uh jack yeah, but like he's like he's like. But in he's like just the, yeah, he's just there real quick. Like, with like a he bunch definitely of other cops. seems to have had more stuff going on, and then they. That's my guess. Yeah, that's my guess. They decided they needed to not focus on him to make it not. It make it was maybe it felt a little unclear or like a little bit like. Yeah, leaving the audience second guessing as to who this guy was. Yeah. Um. So she gets arrested. She uh uh Kate goes back to Rock Rockefeller Center where um her and Hawkeye are there while all the cleanup is happening and well, Hawkeye. We, we, we miss that Maya fights Kazi. Uh, oh, right. Maya fight. That's the third part of that 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 yeah. back and forth action. Maya fights Kazi and does the classic. This is the thing. If you really love somebody and you're fighting them and you're going to kill them, you have to stab them while hugging them. Yes. This yeah. is how you establish that you truly love yeah. the person that you're killing. You hug them yeah. while you stab them. And it, and is also the quickest way to kill someone that you love is to stab them in the gut, which we know takes days to die from. But they'll die instantly because their heart also breaks because you, you stab them and they're sad. This answers your question from a couple episodes ago where we did a news bit where this guy was asked if he's coming back for Echo. And he's like, well, they, I've been, they haven't I've been called me. For the call. yeah. And it's like, well, now we know why they haven't called well, him. is because he's lying dead. Like, like he might be dead for all we know. Yeah, yeah it was like, that was like an obvious he's dead answer. Like that was yeah. like he couldn't say that he's dead and he couldn't yeah. say that he wasn't going to come back. So he had to like give like a wishy-washy answer. Yeah. Um, and obviously he like, you know, could still get called to do flashbacks or whatever sure. but yeah that yeah. character is is dead and he's yeah, dead he dead he feels dead dead he doesn't feel like comic book dead no he no feels like, dead, like dead. comic book dead would be like the king the kingpin here or if like she threw him off a building into a vat of acid and now he comes back as what's his what's his name in the comics clown or clown yeah there you go but no he's just stabbed and then laying yeah, dead she on just the stabs ice. him and then watches him die yeah so um that like begins to wrap up maya's story um her story does finally wrap up as the kingpin is like staggering through a alleyway. She comes up on him and he tries to do like, "Hey Maya, come on, we're buddies." I've and then she pulls out a gun. We're and she and she well, she shoots or somebody shoots. We don't know because the camera does one of those things that the camera does before a love scene, where it like yes, kind of like still kind of goes up, pans up, and then we hear a shot and a fall. Well, it, it also I can't remember exactly what he. Oh, I know what he says. He says uh, as it pans up, he goes. I know there's a way we can see eye to eye. And then there's the shot. And again, that's playing into in the comics. She shoots him and she blinds him. She shoots him in both eyes and somehow doesn't kill him by doing that. 
but uh well she shoots me he gets brain damage and he he goes blind okay well there you go so I'm guessing that's what's going to happen here too is that he'll be blind for a while I would be surprised if he's blind I was surprised they bother to do that I think they'll do it for like the first season of Echo and then Daredevil will show up and they'll be like you're blind like me like bro blind bros blind bros yeah uh, and then uh, back at Rockefeller Center, Clint's like has this really delightful scene where he says, "Sometimes you meet somebody who makes you better." Yep. And he goes, "That's the costume girl who made this costume <laughs> yeah, for me." I, she is. Can you believe how flexible it is and how comfortable? Yeah, yeah it's yeah. really delightful. It's really sweet. It's a really sweet scene. It yeah. really pays everything off emotionally for these two characters. I mean, so much so that even what comes in the finale, you almost don't even need. I mean, I loved having it. Yeah. But you almost don't even need it because you that's... need it because we want to see him get home to his family. That's what you need it for. That's my feeling. Yeah, I agree with that. I mean, no, we do need. It. I mean, I'm not, I'm not saying we don't. We don't need it. Yeah. But I mean, like, we don't need it because that scene tells us everything about their relationship and ties them yeah. up in a really beautiful way. Well, he's Every... her dad now. He he becomes dad Clint in that right. moment, and it's a beautiful right. little moment. But they're also partners. Like, it's a it's a really beautiful moment and. It's very, it's and, really, and, and it's he even says to her, like, you, you went one-on-one with the kingpin and few people have walked away from that. So, like, right. he gives her props and it's really nice. It's really But nice. then they go home for Christmas and the kids are there and, and the, the wife is there. Name. Dog is now named Lucky. Yeah. He's finally been named and um, they go home. The kids are really happy to see him. His son is just the easiest kid to buy a gift for. He just buys him a Nerf gun. And he's like, I've always wanted this. I've always wanted a Nerf gun. Like, get yeah. the fuck out of here. Like, I, it's not even. Uh. This is the kind of thing that I, I get upset by in these. And it's such a stupid thing. It's a very nitpicky, goofy thing to be upset by. But it's like, why isn't it like an Iron Man action figure or something? Like. No, I can see why that isn't. Because I think that's like Clint wouldn't maybe want that. That feels weird. Yeah. Um, but like, it could be just anything that just seems cooler than a Nerf gun. Yeah, because the thing is that it isn't even like that. Well, there's definitely a feeling based on 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 the boxes he brings in. There's a feeling or the presence. I got the feeling that this was like on their drive to his house. He's like, "Oh, I gotta get gifts." No, one hundred percent. One of them is obviously like a shirt, a t-shirt box, like a shirt yeah. box. No, one hundred percent. Yeah. Oh, he has older kids, so like that's actually reasonable. Like getting like a nice shirt or pants. For but like his, his son is the oldest, and his son's probably like fifteen. You don't want a shirt for Christmas. Yeah, but that the daughter sucks. might want like a nice blouse or. Like, I guess. Uh, yeah, it could be. Yeah. Daughter, yeah. But I think the thing that's funny is that the um they they have the kid go. I've always wanted one of these, and the Nerf gun is like obviously not your big present. Like obviously no. it's like one of your smaller. Especially like, fun it's like presents. a handheld, like it's a Nerf. It's a handheld, hand yeah. right? Yeah, it's, it's not like it's one of the big gun. ones. Like if it was one of those big ones that shoots like fifty, you know, Nerf pellets at like a, a second, I'd be like, yeah, okay. But this but is one so, that you buy at like the convenience store. It's so funny. It was, I was, I was like, I was like, what a little funny. Like it's like nice that they put that in, yeah. but like also like what a funny thing to put in. It just feels like totally phony. Uh, not that I'm again not complaining about it. No. Um, and so Clint. Um, I actually have a small complaint about this, which is that Clint then goes to his wife and says, hey, guess what turned up on a black market auction in between scenes of this program? And he No, that's the, the black the market auction at the beginning. No, I know, but then he just finds – oh, he found the watch. You know what? I'm such yeah, a bad the, fucking viewer watch. of this. Yeah. You know, I'm a bad viewer of this program. I have a fucking podcast about he, he it. You took the watch from Echo's apartment. That's right. I took it from Echo's apartment. I totally forgot about that. Yeah. I was watching it and I was like, what? They just, he just went and bought it on eBay between no. scenes. But no, the answer is they actually showed him pick it up and put yeah. it in his pocket. Well, uh, Kate, 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 Kate did it. Yeah. yeah. I'm a, I'm a dummy. Yeah. Boy. 
it's a good thing this last episode of this season because I may have no brain cells left to discuss anything. Um, And on the back of that watch, we see that it's got the S.H.I.E.L.D. logo and the number 19, which indicates that it's Agent 19. Agent 19 in the comics is Bobby Morse, a.k.a. Mockingbird, a.k.a. probably Clint Barton's longest-running romantic relationship. Although in this, her name is Laura. Her name is Laura. Well, that's her name. You know You know what? Do you think it's that's her name when she resettled? That's exactly I think that, they, that's them not yeah. thinking of that when they did Avengers 2. No, 100%. So, they introduced yeah. Laura, and I don't think anybody intended her to ever be a S.H.I.E.L.D. agent. I think the whole yeah. premise of that was going to be that she's a regular person. Yes. Yeah. Um, and in fact, I don't mind her being a S.H.I.E.L.D. agent. I don't mind her being Mockingbird, but there is something special about her being a regular person who understands what he does. There, There is something special about that, but there's also this idea that he – through you know, he met his wife at work, which is probably I imagine how many people meet their spouses, right? Is I mean, I yeah, I have no stuff, right? I have no problem with that, but I just think it's interesting that in the original conception of the character, she's clearly just a regular lady. Yes, yeah. And what makes her a cool wife character is that she understands because she loves him, and this is part of what she loves about him. And then this iteration now, she's like a cool secret agent, also. Yeah, <laughs> which is yeah. great, but that gives a different well, understanding. I mean, I mean, we because we know. Mockingbird, we know that she would be like out there kicking ass, but she could have been an analyst. She could have been anything. She could have been like that guy who's playing uh, Space Invaders. I guarantee that there's no way that she's no. no she's, I mean, she's obviously like they're trying to say like, hey, if there's another season, you're gonna get to see her beat up some people too. Right. We actually have a cool actress here in this role, and we can actually bring her in as a character. Like, yeah, yeah that's that's what they're they're doing. Yeah, um, hey, we've so, wasted her for like five movies now. Uh, you know, she got a paycheck. That's good. Um, yeah. God bless. Uh, but yeah, so that's that's like a soft, not full decanonization of Agents of Shield. It's a yes. soft one. Yeah, because the Agent Nineteen again is Bobby Morse, and Bobby Morse was on Agents of Shield, but they never really called her Mockingbird. I think they called her Bird one time. Okay. Um, but they never really called her Mockingbird, and I don't know if that was on purpose. I don't. I honestly don't know like what the decision making process behind all that was. I don't know. I, having not made it through even the first season of that show, I can never tell you what's happening. Um, maybe we'll have to do that show in between seasons of the Marvel Disney Plus shows. No, I don't think so. <laughs> that would be the end of the series. That will be the end of this podcast. I will not. There's only, there's only, not seven, there's yeah, only seven seasons of 24 episodes each. Yeah, there's only 200 episodes. <laughs> it's like five years of a podcast. I will never know. No. Um, <laughs> no, that's not happening. <laughs> I will not live in a world where you've seen all of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and have not watched Doom Patrol yet. That is unfair. I have not that seen all of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Um, I would love to do – you know what I would love to do on an off-season? Uh, and I, I'm a little bit uh, split on it, but to do The Defenders. Then I would do because that's what, like six episodes? Six episodes. Yeah. And, but the thing is I don't know that it's going to be fun to listen to us come every week and just say how bad it is. <laughs> just me crying. It's really bad. It's like like even people I who never, like I those shows are like it's very bad. I, yeah, I never watched it. Um, so I, I I'm it's short. You know what I mean? Like so it's like doable because it's just yeah. six episodes and like and like that's like a good between uh, DC Disney Plus uh, seasons yeah. length of time. Although I, but, I like the idea that in between, although we we don't know how long in between it's going to be right now, but I do like the idea of doing distinguished competition vision. Yeah, I mean we'll do what we we'll we'll do what we can, right? Yeah. Uh, anyway. Um, Hawkeye takes Katie, Katie out, and they 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 have a talk, walk and talk, um, all around the 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 ranch, and uh, they do a thing that doesn't make any sense to me. They burn the Ronin costume, which I don't think you could. 
I, yeah, I don't know. It doesn't I look don't like think, it's burning. I don't. <laughs> it does. Look, they put lighter fluid on it. I think the lighter <laughs> fluid is burning. But this appears to be like a leather costume of some sort. Like, you know, yeah. I, I, I bet he's got like fire retardant material in there if he's smart. I would think he does. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's just like a funny thing to do. <laughs> I I mean, like, it's you know, it's a symbolic maneuver. I wish Kate had been like, "Wait, this is not going to burn, buddy. Like, this is yeah. like leather. Like, you're just going to scorch it. Like, <laughs> or if, like they set on fire, then they just keep standing there, and after like a, like ten seconds, he's like, I don't think it's burning, and then you just cut to them <laughs> doing something else. Would be good. Uh, yeah. <laughs> she starts throwing to him ideas for her, names for herself, superhero names for herself, yeah, which I thought for sure they were going to say Hawk Girl, and I was shocked that they didn't. They legally could not. I'm sure. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, one of the weirdest things lately on the DC Arrowverse shows is how often they bring up Marvel characters. It's real weird. Well, I think you can bring up the character. I think that you could not use that name in universe and say that you're going to use it on a character. You know what I mean? Like, I think it's a difference. She could say, I read a Hawkgirl comic today. Yeah. Um, Or she could say, Hawkgirl would be great. Because we know that the DC characters exist as comics in the in the Marvel universe because of the journals. That is canon. They, they talk about Batman and Superman in those. They, I mean, like what you could do is have her say, well, Hawkgirl would work, except that's already been taken by a comic book character. Yeah. yeah. But she has like Hawk Eve, which I thought was pretty yes. amazing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then she has a couple other ones and he doesn't Lady like any Hawk. of them. Lady Hawk, <clears throat> which is a, ma- uh, a, a movie yeah. Yeah. from the eighties. And, uh, and also a band. Um, and then, uh, at the end, he says, you know what? I think would be a good name. And then it smash cuts to Hawkeye. Yep. That was very nice. And then we get a post credit scene, which is the entire song and dance number from Rogers the Musical. Yes. Screen Rant today ran an article that said the Hawkeye's post credit scene explained. I actually – I saw people complain about that. I understand why you would run that. I mean, I, I, everybody knows why you run that. No, but, but I mean it's, it's a it's – It's an a, SEO thing. Well, but but even beyond that, it, it's a uh, uh, what were those things called for books, uh, where it, it just breaks down the basics of the book for you. Um, it was a recap. No, 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 cliff, like cliff like, notes. Cliff notes. It was like a cliff note. So, like, okay, you haven't been watching the show, but you work with people who are watching. You want to understand what they're talking about. This is what this is how that worked into the story, and then that's it. That's the saddest thing I've ever heard of in my whole. I mean, life. That's what cliff notes are. That's what most no, cliff notes are there been for forever. You. Cliff notes are there so you can pass a test. Yeah, and this is so that you can be part of the conversation. So watch the fucking show. Some people don't have time to sit around and watch six hours of, of a Hawkeye show. They definitely do. And if they're so worried about having the fucking conversation around the water cooler, they should just watch the goddamn program. Uh, but the thing is that what all these all these Look, websites do now. I don't want to go to Jordan Hoffman's water cooler in his apartment and not be able to discuss these things with him. What uh, <laughs> reading up on, on fish all week. What uh, all of these websites do now is they do their headlines are all um, Hawkeye episode six Easter eggs. And like I went yeah. I went to one on a, on a site that I won't say the name of the site because I have friends that work there. And um, it was just a recap. It was just a recap. Yeah. And it had some of the Easter eggs called out, but like it was just a recap. But they put well, Easter eggs because that's SEO, right? Yeah. Yeah. Very I, disappointing. I, I mean, I had one that I went to today thinking it was going to be news for us. And it was uh, – the director of the episode whose name I forgot was like, like his discussing the final episode of Hawkeye and what he knows about season two. And at the end of the article, this interview with him, they're like, what about see, what have you heard about season two? And he goes, I haven't heard anything. <laughs> so, so there you go. I mean, the headline didn't lie. <laughs> <laughs> but I was like, are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> 
He's like, I'm all excited. He's like, oh, please, please let him say, like, yeah, we're working on it or something. He's like, no, oh, I haven't heard anything. Well, <clears throat> damn. Um, and then that's the end of the episode. So she's now Hawkeye too. They're both Hawkeye, which yes. is how it is in the comics. They're just both Hawkeye. Yeah. Which is a confusing thing that Marvel has decided to do as of late. Yeah, they're just taking it straight from DC. At least DC did that. Like traditionally, they would have like a character die or go away, and then there's somebody else take over the mantle. But now Marvel just has multiple characters with the same name running around all the time. I mean, there's like Spider Man never went away, but now there's two Spider Mans. Yeah, but I mean, right now there's four Flashes. There's thirty six hundred Green Lanterns. But over well, the Green Lantern is a job. Yeah, it's not just a superhero; it's a job. And the Flash, like each of those Flashes, showed up. I think. Because they were either the only Flash in their time or the Flash of the current moment disappeared for a minute or died and then yeah. somebody else stepped in and then they just eventually kept calling them all Flash. Well, it isn't like for, they all uh, – The current female Flash is the Flash of China is how they do it. But it isn't like with, with Miles Morales. Like where Miles no. Morales comes into the Marvel Universe during Secret Wars and then there's already a Spider-Man. He's not gone. He hasn't disappeared or retired or died and then he just kid's just also Spider-Man. Yes. And it's fine because like we're like it's not that big a deal. I think in the universe it's probably unbelievably confusing. It's like a, probably a real who's on first thing happening all the time. Yeah, um, yeah. But there's like a number of characters like that where they just have all the same name. Yeah. I mean, there's like seven Captain Americas now, aren't there? But they're always they one at a time. Like, no, but but I mean, like he started like isn't there like a, a thing going on in the Captain America books now where there's a whole bunch of them? Oh, is it like Batman Inc? Yeah, I think so. I wouldn't be I surprised. So. I wouldn't be yeah, and, and there is also Batman Inc. There are like three Batmans running around right now in the comics as well. And there's two two Robins. There's two Robins, two Batgirls. <laughs> it's too many. And, 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 and the comic for the Batgirls is just called Batgirls. It's funny because like if you worked at a place and there were two people named Jen, you would call yeah. like one be like Jen F and one Jen N. You know what I yeah. mean? Like you would yeah. like use their last initial or something like that, or you would call them by their last name. You wouldn't just all call them Jen all the time. But in the comics, they just like Robin, and like six guys go what? Huh? <laughs> they had the comic. We are Robin. <laughs> yes, they did. Yes, they did. And the Batgirls um, one really annoys me though because one of the Batgirls is spoiler, who is just now called Batgirl, I guess. And it's like, well, she had a name. Why you change it? Like it's a terrible she's name. Spoiler. It's not a great name, but at least it was not just a different girl called Batgirl. You know, what'd you think of this episode? Um, I one thing I wish, and this is not, <laughs> not like that, but anyway, bless you. Uh, is oh, this is still on. I thought I muted it. <laughs> nope, nope, that was loud. <laughs> Talk to me about my drinking, Devin. You're sneezing into the goddamn thing and dropping your mic on the floor. I thought I had muted it. <laughs> This is the stupidest fucking show. I can't believe people listen to this garbage. I'm sorry. I'm sorry about that sneeze. Go ahead. What were you uh, saying? Is I kind of wish Yelena had been with them when they showed up at the house for Christmas. And, and like there was a part of me that was like, oh, Yelena's going to come out too. I thought and, so too. And, yeah. and they'll walk in and he'll say, he'll say, kids, this is your aunt Elena. She's Nat's sister. And it like I was like really kind of hoping for that, and then it didn't happen. I was like, oh, that's too. Yeah, bad. I would have liked that. I would, I would, I actually thought yeah. that was going to happen too. Yeah. Um, but you know what it is though? It's Hawkeye. So you really want to keep the focus on these two characters. Yes. And I yeah. get it. Like, and I would have liked that very much. But in the narrative format here, it you doesn't work. Yeah, it's one too many characters in that moment. Yeah. 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 Or even if he had just been like, "Why don't you come to my house for Christmas?" And she was like, "No, I have to go. I have to go find moose and squirrel." She says, no, I'm Greek Orthodox Church. We have a different <laughs> Christmas altogether. Exactly. 
so you, you like the episode. I loved it. I loved the whole series. There's not one episode of the series I did not like. Crazy, right? Yeah, this is the first time, I believe. Although I Agreed. can't think of any Loki episode that I did not like. But there were Loki episodes that we might have been like, really? that was okay, or like, yeah. yeah, that was good, or, you know, huh, yeah. or we like we liked them all. But I think this we liked, like, I loved. I a mean, this lot, is, a lot, a lot, a lot. This is right up my alley. This is the kind of thing I, I absolutely love. You know, this re- this had a very, I know it's taken from the, the Hawkeye series, but it, it had a very, I think, to me, uh, JLI feel to it, Giffen Demetis, Justice League run feel to it, where the action is intense, it's good, and there's real heart and emotion to things, but it's also really fun and exciting, and, and you know, they played that balance really well. And uh, yeah, I had a great time. I know. I imagine you're happy because they did not do the naked Hawkeye jumping maneuver that you were positive they would do at some point. I was so worried they were going to try to work that in. But the people that made the show were really great. I mean, like, um, all the directors are terrific, um, and the writing is great. Um, so I think that not knowing the people that were making the show coming into it, yeah. I was like, huh, maybe they'll do this or this dumb thing. But now I truly respect and understand these people that made the show, and I, I'm I'm here for whatever they do. Somebody on Twitter said that Burton Birdie. Who directed like the three middle episodes? Yeah, they should come back and do um, a Spider-Man movie. Yeah, I think that's a great idea. They have the right thing, like their yeah. their mixture of action and humor and character and heart. I think they really nailed it in those episodes. They're all really good episodes, but those Burton Birdie episodes, I think, are the best episodes of the series for me. I agree. I agree. And um, I would love to see Burton Birdie show up and do more MCU stuff. Yeah. They just totally have the right vibe. Yeah, I hope. I hope, uh, I hope they do. But everybody on this was great. I mean, like, the first episode I think that was had the most lackluster action. That was yes. it was just fine. It wasn't even like bad. It was just like okay, that's fine. Um, and then the action just improved, and improved, and improved. Yeah, over the yeah. course of the whole series. Yeah, the, the, I mean, yeah, the first two episodes, as I said, the, the action felt very slow. But I enjoyed the episodes. I enjoyed the characters, so that helped out a lot. That really right. kept it going. And then with episode three, I felt like it was all cylinders going, and it was like this is great. I loved every moment. I love these characters. I want to spend a million seasons with them. I, I'm not joking where I was like, it literally, if every episode just turned into the two Hawkeyes and Yelena hanging out at a diner and like Jack comes in every now and again. Jack owns the diner and he comes Jack by. Jack owns it. Yeah, he comes in every now and again to collect paychecks or whatever. Great. Like, I'd love it. I'd be all over it. It's fantastic. I'm really There's actually the echoes are going to be. There actually is uh, a genre of fan fiction that is that. Of course there is. Yeah. It's called Coffee Shop AU. Yeah. AU is alternate universe, and yeah. it's uh, taking characters and pu- making them work in a coffee shop. Really? And it's like conflict-free. So That's it's just like they work together, and they talk, and they hang out, and they you know just, just shoot the shit all day. Yeah. I mean, there's got to be some conflict. Like, you know. Who's going to get the check? I have something. You know, like they – I mean, if it was just Seinfeld, but these characters, I'd have a great time. You know, I think it would work. Um, yeah, they're great characters, and they're really well done. Yelena Belova, I really enjoyed her in Black Widow, but it's like next level here. Yes, yeah, she next was level. She Florence Pugh is unbelievable. Great. I mean, I've always known Florence Pugh is unbelievable. I'm a, I'm, I'm a, I'm a Pew head, as they but, say. But her chemistry with uh, Haley Haley Stanfield is amazing. Yeah, next level. It's absolutely like I mean, and Stanfield is great with everybody on the show. There's nobody she was not. She's so fucking good. Yeah, huh? She's amazing, and her facial expressions are out of this world. She's a great comedic actress. She does the drama really well. Like, let's I, hear it for I, the Cohen brothers. Did oh yeah, I guess they discovered her. Right, True Grit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, it's wild. It's here for the Coen brothers. Yeah. Uh, she's so good. And this is, I, I hope, the thing, we talk about this with um, Florence Pugh is how much she loves being this character. Yes. And I hope that Haley Stanfield is having a really good time too. It makes me happy if they are. I don't mind I if they're not. It seems like she is. And I think that she recognizes this is a good career move and that this is like she's got like 10 years of work ahead of her. Yeah. Yeah. And then she can still make other movies. I really She she records music. Yeah. She's a, yeah. She had a singing career for quite a while, right? That's how she kept going for a bit. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I really hope that she is a longstanding character in the MCU. I hope we get another season of this. Or I had seen somebody put out there that they should do a, uh, Kate and Yelena road trip movie, and yep. I would be down for a show. I'd be down. Hawkeye for and Black Widow, right? Yeah, yeah. It's called Hawkeye that. and Black Widow. I would totally watch that. Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, that's the thing is that at the end, when Clint, you know, doesn't say it out loud because they cut away, but when she gets the name Hawkeye, that opens up the possibility of future seasons without Clint necessarily being yeah, he's a retired. player. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like he can pop up maybe, but it's a more yeah. You still him. want him around, but yeah. like, yeah, he doesn't have to be in every single episode or whatever. Yeah. Um, all right, let's wrap this up because I am schwitzing and I my back hurts from sitting on this I, floor. I've sneezed with the mic on. What, what did you want to say? Just what do you think they're going to do with the Echo Show because she has nobody to translate for? I'm really, <laughs> I'm really interested in how they're going to do that. <clears throat> I think there's going to be a lot of subtitles, man. But like, like is I, I'm just I'm I'm really wondering how like how it's going to play out. I'm really I'm very. I mean, she, I mean, I don't know what the show's going to be. Because I don't know if you know, in the comics, she's deaf, but she's not mute. She talks, and she's perfect at reading lips. So that's how they get around it in the comics. And in the show, they've made it clear that she's not great at reading lips. She can improve between this show and the next show. Yeah, she can definitely improve. Um, I don't know. I guess we'll find out. I mean, like, um, her having conversations with Daredevil could be really challenging, huh? Yes, that would be very hard. I wonder if his radar sense would allow him to see her hands doing the individual motions and stuff like that. I guess it would, right? Yeah, yeah, I guess so, yeah. His radar sense makes him essentially like a guy with sight. And, I mean, he, his power is he's blind, but he can see. That's always been his power, and it's always yeah. been funny to me. It's like, oh, he can he can see. I think that's, <laughs> wow. I mean, he also has other heightened yeah, senses. Yeah, I mean, he's got like but, heightened hearing. And, but like, the radar sense. The radar sense is more than just seeing what we see. But like, yeah, it's like, okay. The radar sense is very much like they just draw like a regular room and they just color it black. It's all red. lines, yeah. It's all lines, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, okay. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what the show's going to be. I honestly have no idea. I didn't um, – I she was fine. I enjoyed her, but I did not walk out of this season going, oh, boy, got to see what – that character yeah. is next. Yeah, I agree. I'd like like of all the characters in the show that I'd love to see more of, I'd like to see more of her, but she was on the lower end. Like, yes, yeah, and also her story feels a little wrapped up too, is the other thing. Yeah, yeah. It feels a I little mean, bit wrapped up. I don't know. Like I don't know. She it seems like her show's just gonna be dark, and I'm just not interested in like I mean it might be, like it might be the but the thing is I think one of the things about the Disney Plus shows is that they've each had their own tone and their own feel. Yes, that's very. So true. I think that's okay. I don't. I'm not worried about one show being dark if it's the one show that's dark. Yeah, yeah. It isn't like the Netflix shows where they all kind of had the same tone and feel in a lot of ways. Yes. Um, like if there's one, it's, it might actually feel refreshing to have one that's going to have a very different tone than some of the other ones. Although it looks like Moon Knight's going to be pretty dark. I think it's going to be really weird. Yeah, Moon Knight definitely is probably. Gonna be I think it's going to be dark, but I don't think it's going to be dark in the way that like a street level Echo show would be. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's going to be really super weird. I think it's going to yeah. be really. There's like a lot of talk that like it's like werewolf sh- and Dracula shit. Oh, that'd be fun. Yeah, like so. Like I think it's going to be weird. 
I hope there's just an episode called Werewolves and Dracula Shit. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's a show I would watch every week. <laughs> Without a doubt. <laughs> anyway, uh, we're going to come back next week to do a wrap-up. And what I want to do is I want to open the, the ability for you guys to ask us questions. And what we're going to do is we're going to make a special thing on the Patreon page. So if you're um, listening to this for free, unfortunately, you're only going to be able to listen. But if you're a subscriber, you're going to be able to leave us questions, and we will answer these questions for you on the show next week. And we're going to do sort of like a year in review is going to be the premise. So you obviously can ask questions about pretty much anything that you want if you like i hope i hope we get some frankly i'm i'm, yeah. I'm like assuming we'll get some um if you if you want we'll answer pretty much anything but like you know with a special emphasis on like the past year of like the superhero live action stuff yes i think that's like a special emphasis but obviously questions about anything there's like there's like nothing you know star wars for our bad match show yeah like anything at all so we're gonna do a year at ra- wrap up we'll talk about like the year in the Disney plus shows and, and, and the MCU in general, and then also answer your questions. This is going to be available to any subscriber on the Patreon $1 and above. Um, for those at the $5 and above level, uh, you get a, a show called Watchmen. We just recorded a new episode that was like, was it three and a half hours? 345, I think. 345 about Spider-Man No Way Home. I don't even think that we even scratched the surface of the movie. Frankly. We did not. I, I honestly, before we recorded that, I spoke to my buddy Todd and he was like, you think it's going to be a long one? I was like, I feel like we're going to discuss all the Maguire movies and the Garfield movies before we even start talking about Holland. And we did not. We skipped right over that stuff. And it so went really long. I mean, it was still, still really long. long. Yeah, it was still very long. So um, so if you guys want to hear us touch talk about that Spider-Man stuff, ask questions about it because we'll, hap- we'll happily answer them. Um, so that's available to $5 and above subscribers. And um, that's a monthly show where we talk about superhero movies in depth. And like I said, three, three hours, 45 minutes is pretty in depth. Uh, so uh, we'll, we're going to figure out what's happening in January with that because there's COVID stuff and whatever. And, and, and Morbius is coming out very late in the month. So we might do a different movie for January and make Morbius February. Yeah. Because I just saw Morbius is January twenty eighth. It's like the yeah. end of the month. Yeah. By the time we re- by the time we record and put it up, it'll be February. Yeah, and and we I you know we discussed this a little bit on Spider Man, but we you know with Omicron. Yeah, we're not like psyched about getting to the theaters, theaters right now. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, but we'll see what happens by the end of January. Like, yeah. I mean, who knows? Like, Omicron's already on the decline in South Africa. Yes. Yeah. And it's um, uh, fifty to seventy percent less likely that you'll get uh, very sick from it. They said today. I uh, say so fifty to seventy percent less likely that you're going to become a living vampire. <laughs> yes, well, that's. I would think that's a hundred percent less likely. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows this disease? Know. Who knows with this COVID shit? Yeah. Uh, so we'll be back again next week with that. We'll be back again um, uh, in, in a month with the more Watchmen. Uh, we have the Bad Batch, which we're behind an episode on right now. Apologies. Uh, there's been a lot of stuff to record and a lot of stuff to do. It's been the Christmas we, season. We just did a four-hour thing on Spider-Man. <laughs> it took a lot of energy. It sure did. It sure did. Uh, but we'll get back to that. Uh, well, thank you so much for subscribing and listening. This is going to be dropping on New Christmas Eve. So hopefully everybody at home has a good Christmas yeah, this weekend. Happy holidays, everyone. Happy happy, ho- happy holidays. Um, we'll see you guys again next week. Thanks so much for listening. Derek, where can they find you on the internet? Uh, they can find me on Twitter at WH underscore Woolhat. And also, just real quick, don't forget to rate and review this, this podcast on your iTunes and Spotify. Spotify has reviews now. Very nice. Do it on Spotify, too. Uh, okay, so may, you can find me on Twitter at DevonCF. And in the meantime, may you be happy, may you be healthy, may you be safe, may you be well. But most of all, may you remain a true 
Believer.